Blog Talk Radio. people 
is tired. A lot of people, brothers and sisters. So tonight, I thought we would do a show dedicated to Mr. Tyree Nichols and his family. Hopefully, um, we are praying for his family. I said, I hope we are praying for his family, brothers and sisters, because unless the Father protects us, it can be us tomorrow. You know? So tonight, we're going to look at a lot of different angles. Uh, I think the most I can teach from uh, uh, this whole event, I think there's some vital, vital, important lessons for you and yours to learn from this event. I know some of you say, What's, what is there to talk about? You know, it's the police, the police, and they do what they do. What are you having a blog on? What, what, what's with this? What, what are you, you going to accomplish? First of all, brothers and sisters, if the father speaks a word about this situation, you would want to know, right? Do you think he have anything to say about what went down on those streets in Memphis? Do you really think he have nothing to say? Of course he do. Of course he do, brothers and sisters. He loves us. He cares about us. And he values us. Of course he do. The father has a lot to say about what went down with Mr. Tyree Nichols. He has a lot to say about the police, how they handle him. He has a lot to say about the psyche of the police. He has a lot to say about how we're police. There is a lot the Most High have to say about this situation. I guess the challenge is, can we hear him? No, really, can we hear him tonight? on this blog radio talk show? That's the question. Can we hear him? Can Brother Seth and the calls he's going to have on tonight, can they really speak on behalf of the Most High where this episode in our life is concerned? I think he can. Crank up our little music there. Our theme music. Talk about this five smooth songs. Again, I want to thank you for this uh, episode tonight. Folks, <laughs> how do you feel about this? And why do you feel what you feel? Too many ladies, too many women and men cried shed tears watching the video hearing the young man cry for his mom too many people felt that sense of hopelessness felt a sense of we're just in these people's hand until we die there's nothing we can do if a cop decides to do whatever he want to do to you you can just do it it's a lot a lot a lot of people feel hopeless But if the Bible is correct, and there is a Elohim or there is a God, and that he truly loves us, like it says, and that he has sent to this earth 
for us power, protection. Yes, I said protection. Not everybody that the cops go to do harm to, are they successful? There's a lot of testimonies where cops had one thing in their heart, one thing in their mind, but they got a hold of a believer, got a hold of someone that just was in touch with the higher power. And some kind of way, they just couldn't grab them like they wanted. So have murderers and killers and thugs went out to do harm to certain people. And they was not successful. Millions of people over the years have testified about this, brothers and sisters. No, no, no. We are not in the hands of these wicked police. I do not believe that. I believe that people that don't know the Father's love and don't know the Father's protection. Now, that could be me. I may know it today and doubt it tomorrow. Then if that's the case, I'm not under that umbrella of safety. But I do believe when the scripture says in Psalms 91 that he that dwelleth in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. Else, why do we serve this God if he can't protect us? Why do we call him Father and he can't protect us? Wouldn't our earthly father protect us from policemen like what Brother Tyree Nichols experienced? I mean, wouldn't your your earthly father protect you from thug, a thug life mentality like that? That's like that that the young man experienced. No, really. Let's just just have a fireside chat tonight, and let's talk about this brother. Let's talk about just are we really, really in the hands of these police officers? Is there any options for us? Outside of getting their badge number and going and reporting and all these things, which a lot of times that do make a change. That do. Yes, it do. Yes, it do. But that is not our only option, brothers and sisters. We have power. We have power. The Father knew we would be going through this. And the Father sent the Holy Spirit. The Father sent angels. He said, the scripture says, they have been sent to the earth, angels, to protect us. I know some of y'all saying, this brother just don't want spooky. I didn't call, I didn't tune in to hear this man. I want to talk about Tyree Nichols and how wicked these, these evil people was. Well, yeah, we can talk about that. But I just want to say to those mothers and, and, and fathers and men and women out there that's feeling this sense of hopelessness that I keep hearing in the news and even with my own wife and, and just, we just got to remember, brothers and sisters, no father will leave us in the hands of police that's going to abuse us. He have provided a way out. If tomorrow you heard that happened to Brother Seth, I'll still say what I'm saying. I just have to walk in faith. I have to trust this Father. I have to know that he's going to protect me. 
The Bible talks about that if you pray in faith, believing, you shall receive. The scripture talks about angels, again, being sent to the earth to protect us. There's too many people that testify of cops just like the ones that pull over Brother Tyree Nichols that had evil in their heart, but something happened, some distraction, something that grabbed them out of their clutches. We are not hopeless. I say we are not hopeless, brothers and sisters. I feel for those that are ravaged and abused and destroyed, lives destroyed by these types of police officers. I do. I feel for this family. But I just want to put some hope out there. I want this Five Smooth Stone Network, as the creator of this Five Smooth Stone Network, as we talk about different angles as to why we feel these five black cops, so-called black cops, what was on their hearts? What was on their minds? Why didn't they value their brother? We're going to talk about it. But I just had to throw out that hope that the father, no father, will leave his children Somebody said, well, why didn't he just intercede and just stop them from doing it to the young man? I've said it before on this show many times. The earth is the Lord and the fullness thereof. The earth is the Lord and the fullness thereof. The earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof. The scripture says it. The earth, meaning the furniture, the trees, the dirt, stars, all of this is furniture on the earth. It belongs to the Father. But the authority within the earth, the authority within the earth belongs not to the Father, but to his man. He had it, but he gave us the authority. It's almost like a, a mortgage company that own your home, but the authority in your home is yours. If a loan officer come into your house uninvited, they could lose their life. Again, you've tuned to the Five Swiss on Network. I'm Brother Seth. Tonight we're talking about Brother Tyree Nichols. Um, again, keep the family in your prayers. I want to um, just open up the phone line. And uh, if you are going to be co-hosting with me tonight and uh, you're available to speak, please press 1. That's how we're doing it these days. And if I don't see any hands go up, I'm just going to go ahead and share what's on my heart. Um, it looks like we just have uh, Brother John in the house so far. So, Brother John, if you're free to talk, go ahead and press 1 and we'll bring you on. But I'll, I've been doing a series, brothers and sisters, where I've been talking about my book, um, The Systemic Lives of White Supremacy Are Our World's Ruling Religion. I call it a religion. And I know uh, some of you are wondering, oh, Brother, there you go. Oh, I know you're not about to say white supremacy has something to do with this. I want to I wanna share something that happened to me uh, um, one of the first things my wife told me when I first told her what happened because she hadn't heard about it. Now, you have to understand, Arlene is very, very, very critical of me. She loves me, but she don't, she don't, she's very honest. That's what I'm trying to say. She'll tell me exactly how things are. A lot of times I feel like something is racist or white supremacy, and she may not agree with it. 
But the minute I told her what happened, I described the people, the five police officers, and how the young man was beat and abused and rights just trampled. And the first thing my wife says, who never says anything like this, well, I ain't going to say never, but she don't say it often. She said, now that is a classic case of white supremacy. Now, some of you are saying she's cuckoo. How could she say that? White had nothing to do with this. There y'all go blaming the white man. I want you to understand something very clearly, brothers and sisters. If I don't understand this, if I don't, if I don't articulate this, if, if if after I say what I'm about to say, if you think of white people, I didn't do my job. Okay, so here here I go. This is Brother Seth's uh, analysis of what happened on the seventh of January 2023 to this young man named Tyree Nichols. I believe with every fiber of my being what I've been saying on Tuesdays. We have self-hate. We as so-called African Americans, so-called black people, we don't really value ourselves like we should. We talk to each other there was a lot of talk of brother this, brother that, bro this, bro that on the video between the officers. And they even one time referring to Tyree, they say, bro, bro, sit up, sit up, bro. So we'll say things like that and act like we're really down with each other and high-five each other and dap here, dap there. But there is a sickness lurking within not just African Americans, but in anybody that sit under the West, the West meaning America or either Europe, really anywhere Europeans dominate the media or dominate what they're thinking pretty much. Anybody that subscribes to the West will end up hating everything but so-called white culture. Uh, a white culture meaning anything white people do is better, is superior. And oftentimes what's black is second, it's not, it's, it's not as good as, it's put down. And this is what a lot of our brothers and sisters have bought into. Again, I'm not talking about white people. I'm talking about a philosophy that, that we are not as good as. If you don't like the term white supremacy, think of just black inferiority. Just forget white supremacy tonight. Let's just call it black inferiority teachings, black inferiority statements, black inferiority feelings, black inferiority thoughts, black inferiority behavior. That what you've seen on the 7th of January when they was handling this young man was they were saying loud and clear, nigga, you ain't nothing to us. How can you beat down a young black defenseless man? not even muscular, and you beat him and punching him, and he's on the ground, and you're saying, put your hands behind your back. Now, you can't put his hand behind his back, but you can just kick him like a dog and punch him. I've even seen racist white police officers put you on the – they kept saying, land on your stomach. I've seen officers tackle you the way you land on your stomach. Those are black men, very muscular and fit. It would have been nothing for them to – Forced that young man on his stomach and put his hand behind him, put those handcuffs up and call it a day. But it's like they was looking for a reason to brutalize and beat him up. They knew, they could tell that 
he was either high or he didn't understand. They understood that. But it's like almost, and I'm just, this is Brother Seth analysis of what happened. I'll be glad to take your calls. Again, uh, those of you listening online, you just call the number right there on that promo that I sent to you, 914-205-5590. Again, if you want to get in on the conversation, I would love to hear your comments, questions uh, at 914-205-5590. Again, it's the Five Swim Song Network. This is Brother Seth just sharing from his heart uh, some of the things that he felt and some of the things he's been hearing others have felt uh, uh, since this have all went down. And, again, we will open up the phone lines to anyone that want to make comments. If you're co-host, you're in the house, and you, even if you just want to say hi, press 1. Otherwise, I'm just going to keep talking. So, brothers and sisters, my wife tells me this case is a classic example of white supremacy. Some of you don't buy that. You don't like that term, white supremacy. you saying this ain't got nothing to do with white people, and it don't in a sense, but it's the philosophy. When whites say they're better, or when they've taught us they're better, it's at the the flip side of the coin, it's teachings, philosophies, little sayings, behaviors, thoughts, that blacks are inferior. And after a while, when you're raised in a system where you constantly see a second class and looked over and picked over and, and ignored and, 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 and certain other people put over you, over you, over you, over you, over you, then you, there, there's born this subculture where we treat each other like animals and, and we're very impatient with each other. We, it, it, it takes nothing for so-called, everybody talk about this. Everybody talk about how we treat each other. Everybody, especially a lot of our foreigners, they don't understand why we're so easy to take each other's life. They don't understand why we're so easy to fight. I work at a place, a very upstanding place. I won't give the name of my company, but it's a Fortune 500 company, big airline, probably one of the biggest in the world. And I promise you, whenever there's a fight or anybody shows, any police come up to my job and I work around, uh, this is a serious business, okay? This ain't no Rudy Poof, Flower Night Company. This is a Fortune 500 company with, with a very prestigious uh, uh, workplace, uh, if you, just, you know, just like anywhere else, uh, I meant to say. And oftentimes when there's fights, all the times, all the times when there's fights, guess who's fighting? It's black women. Not that black men don't fight, but I'm just saying they do other stuff, so I'm not letting black men off the But what I'm trying to say is it's always us just really, really viciously attacking each other. Uh, it's, it, 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 it's, just, it's just this something about the African-American. They will appear to be getting along, appear to be possibly even loving each other, but... It don't take but just a little bit of something somebody can do, and they will literally want to kill them. I mean, they will literally pull a gun and blow somebody away. Other ethnic groups will sometimes not like each other, despise each other, but they don't kill each other at the rate we kill each other. They don't have a Chicago-like shooting every weekend or two or three. Yes, there's white-on-white crime. There's Indian-on-Indian crime. I'm, I'm very aware of that. But there is something about the African-American where they just don't value themselves. And I think they get it from 
the society they live in that don't value them first. And they teaching and they are they have they have taught and is teaching and is putting images and and different uh, uh, subliminal messages before us that you don't value. They might not always say the N word, but they just say pretty much you don't value. Or if you do have value, it's after white people. This is a philosophy. So if you're feeling a certain kind of way towards the white man, you think I'm blaming white people about this killing, you got me wrong. Please don't nobody come on the line and say that to me. I'm going to be very offended. I'm not blaming this on the white man. I'm blaming this on a lack of value in each other. And then you have to ask yourself, where did it come from? When do we start to not value ourselves? Where do we get uh, just, just they pull a young man over? And the chief of police, I'm sure y'all have seen the video, says she don't see where, why the young man was pulled over. This is the chief. She's going to always side with the officers. But this is police chief says she don't see a reason he was pulled over in the first place. And so when you look at the video and they're saying, get out of the car, get out of the car, you know, and they call him bitch and, you know, I'm, I'm F you up and, you know, I mean, Why? Why the aggression? Because like his parents said, I'm going to play a short little video here in a minute about what his parents had to say. They thought they was topping a certain kind of black male. But even if they, they, he was a thugged out black male that's causing problems around the city, that's still no way to handle a criminal. And if you don't, if you, if, you, if some of y'all don't see the light yet, and you're saying, "Well, if you're a criminal, I, I wouldn't have said that. I wouldn't even care if he was a criminal." No, listen. Look at how so-called white officers treat so-called white criminals. They'll yell, "Get out the car!" Yes, they will. And they'll handcuff them. Yes, they will. And they'll throw them in the back of a car. Yes, they will. In certain settings, they may even shoot them and kill them. But there's they they handle their 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 life, they handle them a little different. Now I know some of y'all are thinking, brother Seth, here you go. Most cops, black cops that pull over, black men pulling over black men, they don't act like that. That is true. That is very true. But even though they may not go to that extreme, oftentimes we get the disrespect steal from a lot of white uh, so-called black officers. So we get respect and we don't get respect. But what I'm trying to say tonight as we get into this, what I'm trying to open up with is this. Have an open mind to what Brother Seth is going to be sharing. What he feels is brewing or what's going on with those five black men out there on the street. Did y'all see how when the guy was down, right at 20 minutes, 30 seconds, 30.55 seconds, that's 20.30.55 seconds. Did y'all see the officers over the young man, and another officer runs up as if to say, move back, I'm about to hit him with this billy club. And he runs up and just begins to just, just, just beat him. Why? Why? 
you had the suspect, if that's what he is, on the ground. All you have to do is put your knee in his back or whatever it takes to put him on his stomach, handcuff him. And I only say knee in the back because that's what, how they're trained. You don't, have to, you don't have to strangle you to death now to do this. We don't want to George Floyd. But what I'm trying to say is it was nothing to handcuff that man. So when the guy began to beat him with this billy club, the boy, uh, uh, Mr. Tyree, stood up to run away. And then that's when they just started punching him like a punching bag. Folks, Why? You tell me, call me, 914-205-5590. In the meantime, I'm going to play our show introduction, just kind of go over some things about the show tonight, and then we'll get into it. I know that was a long, long intro, wasn't it? And I'm coming to you, Eric, code 972755 after this intro. So, again, you've tuned to the Five Swings on Network. We'll be right back. Here's just some show instructions, a little some I recorded for the new listeners, and we'll be right back. Google Five Smooth Stones 
Blog Talk Radio. That's the fastest way to get to us. Google Five Smooth Song Blog Talk Radio, and you'll be able to enjoy over 500 episodes on various topics uh, at your leisure. Lastly, we want to remind everybody to follow the show. Follow the show. Please follow us. It gives us a bigger presence on the net. Plus, you benefit by getting a reminder sent to you anytime we do shows. Uh, we get these little reminders sent with all types of details of what's going on on the next show sent to you. Enjoy the rest of the show, and thank you for tuning into the Five Star Network. Hello. <laughs> Are you a podcaster, YouTuber, lecturer, public speaker, or pastor? Did you know that having your audio transcribed has a panoply of benefits? Transcriptions help you create merchandise, improve your search engine optimization, grow your listenership, viewership, readership, and protect your content from potential shadow banning. If you would like more information, please contact Yoel the scribe at yoelbenyisrael.com. That's Y-O-E-L-B-E-N-Y-I-S-R-A-E-L.com. I look forward to hearing from you soon. Shalom. And we're back, brothers and sisters, again. I want to thank you for tuning in to the show tonight where we're honoring uh, the life of Brother Tyree Nichols. We're talking about the death, the murder. That's really what it was, a murder. Um, we're talking about the family. We're uh, praying for the family. Y'all continue to pray for this family. Don't just say it. Really pray. This is a hard, hard thing to do. But let's go to the phone lines. We have a question or comment. Uh, I'd like to know the name, please, and... Um, Phone number nine seven two seven five five. Let to know your name and your comment, please. Yeah, this is Brother John. I want to say what's up, Brother Seth. Say hello to everyone joining in on the Five Smooth Stones Network. <laughs> Can you hear me? Oh, you're good. Go right here. Yeah. All right. You know, <laughs> so first of all, I'll admittedly state that 20 minutes of video, I wasn't trying to see the full 20 minutes, but I saw pretty much all of the video. Seth, I hate to always be the one who sounds contrary, but for you to call this a clear case of white supremacy, I just disagree with wholeheartedly. And the reason why is because, first of all, my heart goes out to this, this, this young man's family and those people who love him. <laughs> I don't want it to seem like uh, my statements is a lack of sensitivity to them or anyone who even cares about him from a standpoint of him being a man of color uh, dealing with that situation. I don't want you to think that. However, I agree that this man was murdered. But the question becomes, when did the quote-unquote murdering begin? And at the beginning of the video, to me, it did not begin there. And for that young man, 
when you're told by the police to get down on the ground, I would highly recommend you get down on the ground. When they say turn over on your stomach or turn over on your back or whatever that given command is, within reason, that you do that. Put your hands behind your back. That's where your hands should go. This young man would not do what they were asking him to do. And the reason is because he was jockeying for position because he did something that I'm surprised you didn't even make mention of for the most part, Seth, which is he bolted. He ran. Now, the police officers in the United States, me and LSU, we didn't agree entirely on this, but we did talk about it. Hold on. He did what? He did what? I couldn't hear you. He ran. Okay. He ran. Okay. And so the police officers are, they make, they have an oath to, to, uh, they swear to protect and to serve. However, we all know that once you leave that ceremony and you raise your hand to swear and you swear to protect and serve, you get into the real world and you are schooled by the police officers, officers who've been on that course. And they tell you this is how it's really done. And for no one, if you don't know, if you run from the police, know that if they catch you, that is an immediate ass whooping. Immediate. It's like you made us run. You better hope we don't catch you. We've seen this many a time before. Definitely Rodney King is the poster child of putting the police on a chase. Keep in mind, I'm not saying that it's right. I'm saying that it is. It just is a matter of fact. So the reason why I say that this is not a classic case of white supremacy is because you have to isolate the part where he actually gets murdered. When he's on the ground after they catch him again, that's when the murdering begins. But I'm inclined to believe that had he followed those instructions at the outset, it wouldn't have escalated to what it escalated to. If he didn't run, it wouldn't have escalated to what it escalated to. It's a possibility, but a very low probability. Without, if you can remove his unwillingness to follow those instructions, if you can remove him running from the police and the outcome is the same, then I could say, yeah, that is white supremacy. That is self-hate. But you have those variables in your formula, it taints your formula. Because you don't know whether a particular officer is responding to self-hate within himself white supremacy from the outside, or he disobeyed a direct uh, order to get down or do this or do that, and then he ran. That's the reason why you couldn't just make it a clear-cut case. Is it in there? I think so, yeah. I think there's always going to be some degree of white supremacy and self-hate, but it's not a clear-cut case. That's my opinion. John, you know what? You know I love you, right? Let me think about that, Seth. (laughs) I love you, man, more than you know. But I promise you, not only was that case a case of white supremacy, but your comments just now is clear white supremacy. 
defend your position then, Seth, because I just think that's the point. Let me explain. Let me explain. You said if you run from the cop, that's a ass whooping. That is true if you're people of color. But there's many, 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 many cases where white males have run and it did not mean that. So why? It's because black lives are not valued. Where did that come from? Hold on, hold on. If you don't have the statistics. Hold on, hold on, please. It's just me and you tonight. I don't see no other co-hosts. But, John, you're right. Everybody, he's right. That is pretty much a rule where it relates to black males. That's unfortunate. But the reason it is, and it's so popular, he even saying it like it's a rule. He's right, it is. But the reason it exists is because we don't have value. And where did that come from? The philosophy that we are not as good of. That is what you call, brothers and sisters, white supremacy. In other words... Yes, you have no statistics to back what you're saying. You're saying something. uh, Let me get out what I'm saying. Now, you came on, you said, had he did this, had he did that, he wouldn't have got treated like that. Or he could have he wouldn't, no. have, he wouldn't have died. I mean, you no, know. that's not what I said. I said okay, it would have been a possibility. Hold on, hold on. Of course, I didn't say it right. Let me, I wrote it okay. down. Let me, get, let me just get it out. All what right. I'm trying to say, you said if he didn't run, it would have been a different outcome. Folks, I said it would have been a possibility, but a slim probability. That's what I said exactly. Okay. Same thing, John. What I'm trying to say is this. What they did to that guy, what they did from start to finish says, we do not value you. You are an animal to us. When did they murder him? When did they begin murdering him? Hear hear me out. Let's not even talk about murder yet. Let's not even talk about him dying. Let's say he's still alive. Okay. That would have been a classic case of white supremacy. Because and I'm letting we you don't know here. why I'm he got pulled over. I'm letting you in here, brother John. We, it's just me and you. I'm there trying to talk to be able to give, have give and take. There's no reason for one person what, what, to have to speak for five minutes and the other one wait. I'm trying to I'm trying to get out a certain thought. Because some people okay. don't hear what I say every week. You you know where I'm going, but some people don't know they're new to this okay. network. I'm writing a book, brothers and sisters, where I'm talking about how so-called black people practice racism almost equally to whites because we're taught by the same system. We don't travel. We don't hear African perspective on who we are, who God is, who life is, who the Bible is, who everything from cradle to the grave, we are taught by these people. So how can white people be acting out in a certain way that we're not? Now, I do think we're better 
I said it. I do think we're better with this racism because we live around so-called black people when they're our aunts and uncles and when they're our pastors. And we, so we have a little bit more love for ourselves than they looking at us and foreigners looking at us. Yes, I think we're better off than the foreigners and whites. But this sickness, I mean, everybody talk about it. Everybody talk about how we treat each other. What are you going to call it? Well, don't call it white supremacy then. Don't call it. That's a, if y'all tripping over that and you just can't call it, call it black inferiority teaching. We don't value so ourselves, You're back on man. the philosophy. You're back on to the philosophy. I'm giving you specific pointed instances that pertain to the topic of this show. And what I'm trying to tell you is at the point in time that those officers pulled him over, they were not murdering him. They did not make any action towards murdering him. If, from the point in time that he got up and ran, can you agree with that or not? John, that's not the topic of the show. The show is not my – We're talking about the young man. It's not the topic. It's not. You're stuck on murdering. I, I can definitely <laughs> – Definitely nail that down. Yes, I said I don't before. Talk about... I said before. I said before the kid got up and ran. John, the whole thing is abusive, man. Yes, I disagree. Okay, so what you can do? Is okay, hold on, hold on. Let me help you out. We're in America. When a cop pull you over, you don't say, "Get your bitch ass out of here." You don't say that. Okay, let me help you out. What neighborhood you're in. Hold on. It Hold on. It depends on what neighborhood you're in. Go ahead, John. I'm saying it depends on what neighborhood you're in and the reason why you're getting pulled over. We don't know why that young man got pulled over, correct? The chief of correct? police don't know. How about that? Well, we don't know either. I'm saying no one knows at this time. So we don't know, correct? If, you, if I'm your... If I'm your boss, the first thing I'm going to ask you is what happened. If, I, if I'm telling the network I don't have an answer, that means they didn't have an answer. I'm asking you, Seth, do you know? I'm saying what the cops know. Here's what I'm trying to say, John. Let me just get this out. And we can disagree. That's okay. It's healthy because somebody is thinking like you and somebody's thinking like me. And we just have to be brothers and just, as long as we respectful talk, it's, it's okay. All I'm trying to say is this. We can't start saying any of that behavior is good. There is nothing those what? cops did that was, hold on, hold on, you got to let me get some out, man. I, I'm letting you talk, but let me get it out. There is nothing. i tell you what. I'm putting myself on a timer. I'm not going to put you on a timer. I'm going to put me on a timer. Let me, Give me three I'll minutes. I'll take the timer, too. No, hey. no, I'll put myself. Because you may need longer, and I don't want to muzzle you. I, I ain't heard from you this weekend, so I, I want to hear what you got to say. So put myself on a three-minute timer. When you can go, you can go for five minutes, okay? All right. So I'd, rather, I'd rather go back and forth, but that's up to you. No, 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 because I don't want you to cut off my frame of thought, my thinking. I'll make it two go minutes. Ahead. Get my needs. Three minutes is not long at all. 
Okay, here I'm on the time. Yeah, Give me three minutes. Three minutes. Very well, sir. Black people, when this happened to our kids, first thing we do is start analyzing the victim. That kid was disrespected from jump. That young man was treated like property from jump. That is not the way you pull over a car. That is not the way you tell people to get out. You, you're not. You, I know how cops sometimes use profanity because they're dealing with certain kind of personality and you want to put their bluff in. I understand the training. I understand all that. But that young man was mistreated from jump. Him running, that was not right. But just because you run don't mean you're supposed to get your ass whooped, as you say. That's not how I talk. I'm just repeating what John said. Those of you that's offended by that, please forgive me. But I'm just trying to stay on point with what he was saying. Just because you run don't mean your rights to be violated. There's a lot of white people that I've seen a a white, don't get me started. I can play videos and let you hear them running. Now, if you got a criminal, somebody with a gun, you got to talk and really put that fear of God in them. You might call them or something. You may scream or something because you want to go home to your kids. But a young man just running for his life, you know he's scared. And even if he was scared, if you catch him, you don't sit there and hold him on the ground. Then one guy comes over with a big baton and everybody move off him and let him beat him. And then when the young boy get up to run the second time, he really runs for his life. Then, then you just punch him like a punching bag. If you're strong enough to punch him, what up? Like he's a punching bag. Remember, I got a timer going to go off real loud. If you're that strong, right. hold his behind down to the ground, put some handcuffs on him. I know I could have did that by myself. But if I got five of me, I know I could, we could do that. They beat him to a pulp. It's like they didn't want him to comply. Even if he don't comply, Cusses them out. Talk about their mama. He has rights. He's a human being. Even if he don't die, even if he don't lose a teeth, even if he don't get a scar, he deserves to be treated just like that white businessman that cuss cops at all the time. He was abused. Forget his death. Forget he, let's pretend he didn't die. And that he just went down to the station and put in a complaint. He was abused. That's right, self-hate. That's the self-hate we have. We don't value our own lives talking about it's okay, it's going to happen. Not it's, it's okay. You, you didn't say that. But there you go. That's there my three. You go. The sound of inevitability. <laughs> Yep. That's the reason why I ask for back and forth. Because you spent the three minutes talking about something that we both agree on. At no point in time did I ever take up the platform of he was treated correctly. At no point in time in this whole discussion have I said that he was not abused. What I was trying to state, and I thought I made myself abundantly clear, is that, like you said, that from, you said from the get-go, he, like his rights were violated. We don't know 
why he was being pulled over. And I've seen a multitude of videos. It does matter, Seth. If he just shot three people and is leading them on a high-speed chase through the, through the neighborhoods and they finally pull him over, they're not going to take license and registration, please. Okay. What about no. when they run and they saw he didn't have nothing? Seth, that's the reason why I said at the beginning, at the beginning, I said, we don't know why he got pulled over. So that's, it's, it's for the record, and I'm it's out. It's not a good idea. That's what white people. That's, it's what, not a, that's what white people have been saying for years. And that's what some of us say. Yeah. When we sound like white. Yeah, we don't, don't know, know why he got pulled over. It doesn't matter why he's pulled over. We don't know. It doesn't matter why he's pulled over because it lets you. It lends itself to the demeanor of the police that are pulling him over. You and I both have been pulled over by the police. I can tell you now, from Illinois to North Philly to upstate New York several times, various places I've been pulled over, they have never came to the car, guns drawn or anything like that, can't get the fuck out of the car. They've never done that. So all I'm saying is, why are they saying that in this instance? There's something... That's going on that we don't know about. Can, can you can you agree to that or not? I vehemently disagree with you. Then what it was going on? Matter. Listen, listen. Now, I do think you're partially right. I may have been ready to restate it. If he just killed thirty people and they think that's why they pulled him over. I can see them being cautious with guns drawn, saying, "Sir, need to see your hands. You need to see your hands." Once he sees hands, you yank him out of the car. You don't say, "Get on your stomach." That's a killer. You put him on his back, and I've seen him do it. They put your hands behind your back, and they handcuff you, and it's over. So what you talking yeah. about? I don't know nothing about that. If, if they have a reason to want to whoop your behind, they're going to give you orders that are difficult to comply with. But there what is I'm no trying orders to say is that... Behind. What orders? What, what, where is that? Yeah. They, got, they can, they can Listen, whip you behind. I'm speaking, perfect, I'm speaking perfect English here. Follow me what I just said. You were, you were talking earlier about the disposition of the police. You said yourself out of your mouth, they may want to already beat you. They may already want to do that, but even they have to try and work within the law. So what I, what I said to you just now is if they already want to beat you, for whatever the reason, they may be inclined to give you verbal orders that are difficult to comply with. That's what I said. And that right but, there, John, just hold on a second. That, but, that Right there, because you're kind of repeating yourself. I think everybody here what you're saying. I'm doing that for you. I'm doing that for you. <laughs> I understand exactly what I'm saying. Before they can give uh-huh. a verbal order, they have to pull you over, Seth. If they're giving you verbal orders to whoop your behind, you think that's policy? 
said. That's the reason I had to repeat it. No one said that. Stop for a second. If it's not policy, what is it? It's a desire within the officer that he has to keep closed. He has if to he what? Has, if there's some issue, he has to keep closed. You can't see it. He has to keep it. If he has a beef with you from before, the last time he pulled you over, or whatever the case may be, and he wants All I'm to asking do something you, John, physically. John, let's simplify this. Let me interview you. Is it policy? Hold up. Before you interview me, before, before you interview me, I need a yes or no answer to this. Do you know why he was pulled over? It's Boston, the whites pull over. Nobody said whites pull over. They didn't have a Do reason. Do you know? Do you know? You're acting like you really got something to say, like if I don't know, then it was justified what they're doing. They're abusing, man. Why are you not no, hearing that? No. See, I'm going along the trajectory of thoughts. It's not like that's where I just end up with a conclusion. I'm starting out with, do you know? Do you know why they pulled him over? No. So all I'm saying is I don't know either. My question becomes, why were they so angry and upset and, you know, guns drawn and why? We don't know. Hold on a second. We don't know. Let me interject. Let me interject something. Sure. This is what I believe. It's the same reason, same verbiage they use in Chicago. What's it's the same, the same verbiage? verbiage they use in Cincinnati and over the Rhine. What's it's the, the same, same self-hate. Self Here goes a young thug. I think I know him. I'm going to treat him like a like an animal because I know what he's about. I want to play his parents here in a second. Hold on a second, John. Just trying to get this out, man. You can go with some problem. But what's happening we're not, we're, is... We're going back and forth. One second, we're going back and forth. I got you, but let me go. Then you go. Let me go right now. I can't do this with you no more, bro. What I'm saying is this, John. I if you hear his family, you're going to hear the attorneys say this. They thought he was a certain kind of guy, and he wasn't. But even if you're right, or they're right, even if he was that kind of guy, even if he did have a beef with him, even if he did say, next time I see you, I'm old, that that nigga is. Okay, you are a police officer. You're dealing with a human being. You got the whole state on your side. It's a certain way you're supposed to treat him. If you start treating him like the people in Chicago, we have to conclude that you have self-hate. It's the same talk that they do on the street. That that nigga is. It's the same kind of handle, the way they handle them and punch them. That's that's like thugs. You don't know why he got pulled over. That's that, really, you really what have no condition here. You, 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 I didn't say that. You said what they say in Chicago and Cincinnati. Did I say that just now? No. I'm saying that. So, you don't know why he got pulled over, nor do I. That's the one thing well, that we've established. 
Let me ask you a quick question. Why do you keep saying that? Because you have to find out where did this hostility come from. Okay, let's just, let's give you let's let's say you're right because the callers are listening. And again, those of you that's listening, y'all want to get in on this and you want to comment to Brother John, ask questions, Brother John, and myself. Press one, you can do that. Uh, if you're listening online, remember you got to call the phone number in front of you, and I'll entertain your question and comments as well. If you're in the chat room, go ahead and type your question, and I will get it to the people. All your comment, all right? Getting you tuned to the Five Stone Network. We're just swinging away here, John. Let's say you're right. You say you don't know what you act like. There is a right about reason. what? Hold okay. Up. Let's say that I'm right. Right about what? He got this super good reason to be doing what he's doing. I, I didn't say that. You and did. There lies the problem. You keep talking as though we don't know. So since we don't know, yeah. you can't really say. Yeah. McVeigh, 
who who was a part of the Oklahoma City bombing. They treated that man like he was a king. They put a vest on him so nobody could harm him, and they protected him, and he just killed a whole lot of folk. Is policy. So why black folk come out here? Hold on. Hold on. I love this dialogue, and we're going to play it from their family in a second. I thought so ill assured there for a second. Hopefully he will call if he's listening. Love to hear his take on this. But my thing is this, John. When we start saying these kinds of things, the reason why I say it's white supremacy. You mean logic. Hold on. When we use logic as opposed to emotion, then because then, that's what you're saying, because all I've used is logic. Okay, let's use logic. We already yeah. have used logic. Okay. Just let me know when you're done, and then I want to go at least two minutes uninterrupted. You can have those two minutes now, man. All I'm saying is this. I never hear Indian people talking like this. And it ain't just you. If if people would just press one and come on this line, they're going to say probably what you're saying. Why did he run? He shouldn't have ran. It doesn't matter. This is what he can do and still be treated like a king or should be according to the law. When I say a king, in other words, he's not, nothing broke. He's just going to be handcuffed, put in the car. If he, if he fight with him, they may have to kind of rough, kind of wrestle him in the car, but he deserves to have handcuffs, wrestle in the car, take him before the judge, go in jail, this time. I don't care what he have done. That's policy. <laughs> black people hear me out. Black Go people ahead. to me, to me, I could be wrong. They're the only people when they see their daughters and sons getting shot, they say stuff like, Why he run? Why did they we allow that's why they do us like that. That's why they beat us and do the thing, because we don't value our life. It doesn't matter what that young man did. It ain't even no question. It don't even, it, when they go to interview, when they, when they go to, you see how they fired those cops? That's how they supposed to have been firing all the white cops and everybody else that have harmed these black males from, from way back to now. That's how you do it. You don't even go try to figure out, you don't have to figure out why or what the reasoning is for Y'all was out of order. Y'all act like thugs. Y'all out there talking. Y'all, y'all, that boy was running for his life the second time he ran. Why didn't you sit there and punch him like he was a punching bag? You know how easy it is to tackle that little old frail guy and put his hand? No, y'all all fired, and hopefully they get the death penalty. I don't even believe in death penalty. I'm just saying, but they deserve to go to jail for real. My point is that's how we should and value, and value our people. But we have that lack of value, and this is what I call white supremacy, or on the flip side of the coin, black inferiority. It's a teaching. It's a mindset. We don't value our lives. Are you on the time of staff? I'm done. I got. I look like a hand went up. This may be LSU, I think. I think I know it's a number. But I want to hear what you have to say, and then we're going to go to LSU. Okay. You were literally writing a book about white supremacy. Please forgive me. I I dropped the phone accidentally. Repeat that, please. 
that's okay. I said you're literally writing a book about white supremacy. Yeah. We have brought the topic tonight that you're saying is classic white supremacy. I'm challenging your position. And you've done a lackluster job in defending that position. You have. The, the fact of the matter on, is that John Clark, whom you know. Forgive me. Please forgive me. Please forgive me for interrupting you. But we can't hear you, John. You kind of muffle. No. Okay, I, I can call back if necessary. Can you hear me no, now no. or no? no? That's worse. Don't do that. Go back to what you were doing before. I didn't do anything. Just try to get I'm not doing anything different. Can you okay, hear me? Go ahead. I'm telling you that you've not defended your position. Because while you have discussed all of the particulars of that video, all I've discussed, trying to start from the beginning, was why did they pull the smoke in the first place? I was not trying to say that the kid did anything wrong or that the police did something wrong. I'm asking a question. You have defended, you, you actually agreed that, yeah, we don't know. When you defended your statement as if you did know, you said there's no reason why they should do this or do that or do the other. And we don't even know why they pulled them over in the first place. All I know is that I'm no stranger to getting pulled over by the police. I fit the profile on many occasions. And they have never came out with that degree of just force. They okay. never came out with that well, maybe that's degree because of force. They're breaking the law. Look, I'm sorry, I'll take a moment. I'll take a moment. And as it pertains to white supremacy, some people are more affected than others. But I can tell you something. John Clark, I have been at the top. Um, my class, Go back to so what to you were doing. Hold on. Go back to what you was doing when you first called, man. This, this is worse. I'm not doing anything Go. different, Seth. I'm in the hallway just walking. Up and down the hallway. I'm not doing anything uh, different. Move your mouth. You when me? you play this back, when you play this back, you're going to hear what I'm saying. Please listen to the show again because I keep talking about well, this. No, I, I, I trust what you're saying, I don't, but I'm saying I'm not doing anything different. Okay. Keep Can going. Can you hear me? That's that sounds a little better right there. All I'm saying is that scholastically and physically, I've always been the top of my class. Outran them all. Outjumped them all. Outthought them all. Outmasked them. English them. I've never had a concern with anybody of any hue, being racially or like individually. I've never had an issue with y'all. Oh, okay. But ultimately, Seth, and I'll finish my comments with this and I'll be uh, letting you do what you do, but at the end of the day, all I'm trying to say is that at the beginning of that video, while those guys may have came out a little hostile to, I don't, you know, to what degree the guy did whatever, I don't know. But all I'm saying is that it wasn't until later into the video that what they began to do truly violating to pull somebody over for a your lights out. Let's say your light is actually out, and you speak roughly to someone. That's not that's not against the law, and it's not violating to me. I didn't see 
that at the beginning of the video. That's all I'm really trying to so, say at this juncture. I, I but I appreciate you letting me have a platform to speak. I'll leave you to, you know, the statements following, uh, and I'll come off the whole skew. Thank you. Well, I appreciate that. And, and John, I'm going to say this while you're on the line. I don't, I, I don't know if you saw the same video I saw because it wasn't just verbal or, or what you say, a little hostile. Yeah, I can't get off the whole screen. I'm they, sorry. They, they, I'm going to I'm gonna hang I'm up gonna play it. I'm going to play that. Maybe no, no, I said I'm going to have to hang up. Can you hear me, Okay. Yeah, I'll talk with you all later. Right. I'm going to hang up and call uh, back. All right. Yeah, John, that's a horrible line he's on. But, no, I don't think he was a little hostile at all. That brother was treated like an animal. Let's go back to the phone line, brothers and sisters. Eric code 682 who am I speaking with? This is Brother Elishua. Brother Elishua, long time no hear from, brother. Good to hey, hear your you voice. How you doing, sir? Would love to know your angle on this Tyree Nickel uh, situation. You think they handled him a little hostile or was this right well, violated? A, or? There's a, first of all, can you hear me pretty well, Seth, because I'm working without my normal headphone, headset. You're fine. You're fine. Definitely you can hear me? Fine. Okay. Okay, well, there's a background to this that whenever you see something like that and it doesn't seem, things seem to be out of order, um, that's why I'm not prone to giving one to speculate. I try to research and find out what's going on because there's a backdrop to this. And once you understand the backdrop, then you can understand the, um, the chain of events and the exchange between the officers. Um, let's first deal with the five officers that were involved. They are part of a group that was called the Scorpion Group, and this group was basically a group that was formed that was formed by the police chief in order to cut down on crimes in inner city communities areas there in Memphis. Um, this is not her first time attempt at doing this because when she was a police chief in Atlanta, Georgia, she did the same thing, and she had a group that they called the Red Dog, Red Dog Squad. And it was supposed to be a <clears throat> group of officers whose mission was to combat drugs in inner city communities in Atlanta. But that turned out very, very bad because they were kicking in doors in the inner city communities, and most of the communities that they targeted were poor communities. And that was, as a matter of fact, in one incident, there was a 90-year-old woman whom they kicked in the wrong door, and they killed this woman in her home. Now, here, now we're in Memphis, and she has a group called the Scorpion Group, of which all five of these officers were a part of. And they basically utilized and operated in the same way as did the Red Dog Group in Atlanta. Now, in order to hire these men, they had to lower the standards that are requirements for Memphis police officers. So, in essence, what you have is a goon squad. It's not much different from, oh, God, I can't think of the guy, Gates in California when we uh, encountered the Rodney King situation. He had hired officers from Mississippi and had those officers transferred there to L.A., and he put them in South Central L.A., all white, redneck, for all intents and purposes, racist officers in all black, oppressed communities. So, um, that's kind of like the backdrop of it. And there's also information that this young man had a relationship with one of those officers' wife. 
and that the officer's wife actually called in to the police department and informed them of this and, and said that she knew that basically they had made a plan and attempt to attack this man. Uh, this information was released by a Memphis uh, correctional officer, and that officer was reprimanded because he put that on a social networking site. But if you look at the situation, and I just want to look at it from this background, because I heard what John has to say. I've heard a little bit of what you said. I, I was literally actually researching because I wasn't going to do this tonight. I was trying to work on a book. Uh, as you are, Just as you are, I'm in the middle of writing uh, one of three books, and I didn't want to go in this direction because it kind of like just take my – in a different mode. And as you know, when you're writing, you know, mode, that all that is severely important. So, But I couldn't get any peace, so it was like – you know, need to speak out on this, and I think what I need to basically express, in light of the fact of the fact that I just told you about the history of it, is that people don't understand why come black men are sometimes reluctant in their encounters with police officers, and actually they should understand. They should understand that I, as a black male, when I am pulled over by the police, and if I'm alone by myself, I have a degree of apprehension. And that degree of apprehension not coming from in the sense that I've worn for anything like that because I've encountered situations where there's no issue. Um, in this situation, according to the information that's given, that's why come they filed the investigation, they filed charges so quickly. And what the police chief said is that after everything she has viewed, she cannot find anything based upon that young man's actions through the cameras, the cameras from up that they put on hit on, on power lines that looked down, that there was anything in that man's con- conduct prior to them stopping him to give them probable cause for pulling that man over. So that leads you to question, did they have an ulterior motive already in his gender when they pulled him over? And was he aware of this? Because the interactions that he was having, as you can tell, there was an issue there. And I have to agree with you, Seth, in this regard, that when once you have apprehended that person, that dude weighed 150 pounds, I heard his mother speak. I just got to turn off a clip of listening to his mother. That dude weighed 150 pounds. He was just recovering from, uh, he had Crohn's disease and, and was not longer recovering from uh, an operation that he had had a couple of years uh, back. So what you have, you got five and he had an weight. And you telling me he had an affair with some woman at, under that state? Yeah, one of those okay. police officers. One of those police officers. So what you have is, is, is because when you look at it on the face of it, you have to be outraged because the fact is that even if the dude was being belligerent in his interaction with them, once they handcuffed him, once you got five men, every one of them 200 pounds plus, and they are trying to apprehend a man who is 150 pounds. It reminds me of the situation that you and I observed years and years ago in the community that I grew up, where we followed these police officers in pursuit of this guy, and this guy's hanging on to a light pole in front of his house screaming for his mother. And before we know it, this gentleman is by himself, alone. There's already two police cars on scene. And within the matter of 15 minutes, there were 23 squad cars and a helicopter. And that's the degree of force they brought to arrest or attempt to arrest a person weighing less than 150 pounds, and it was just him. 
and nobody interfering. So when we look at this and we observe this, it's obvious that there was something going on and that those police officers, there is nothing, nothing that I can see on that camera. Because here's the thing about it. If you got five officers, they've apprehended one individual. He's 150 pounds. You got five officers. Each one is over 200, over 200 pounds. Why is it so difficult for you to apprehend the suspect? Could it be that you really don't want to apprehend the suspect, but you want it to appear that you're trying to apprehend the suspect because what you want to do is beat him to a pulp, which is exactly what they did. Then on top of that, when the police officer showed up from the police department at his mother's house that evening inquiring about him, did she know him? And then he said, and she said, where is my son? They wouldn't even let her know where her child was. She didn't become aware of her child, where he was, until the until the hospital called her, asked her, was she the mother? And she said, did you know that your child is in the hospital? And she said, I know he was at home. And she said, and I want, she said, well, why are you not here with him? He said, because the police told me I shouldn't come. And she says, yes, you should get here immediately. And when they arrived there, that man had bruises. His head was swollen twice the size. What am I trying to describe? Unless you... I'm going to contain this. I'm going to do my very, very best. I'm going to do my very, very best. Unless you're a goddamn bully, why in the hell did that man severe to endure the kind of beating that they put on him? Hmm? What's driving you that you could beat another human being in that manner? And what's driving that you could beat another human being of the same color? I understand John's point in that at this point when you look at it, but now maybe John understands more because of the backdrop. But the fact of the matter is you're dead on it, Seth. That's black self-hatred. You know what's funny? They wouldn't treat any other human being like that of any other different color, and that's why come they were on a goon squad that targeted low-income, impoverished black communities, and that's what the same police chief, basically what she did when she was in Atlanta, there's Absolutely. a problem with black women and these positions of power, just like Camilla Harris wrote to her position in the same way. Let me, let me say this. I want you to finish. That's good. Now, for y'all black women get upset, listen to what he's saying. Hey, Rick, Rick, I'm, 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 hold on, hold on, hold on. John, put us on. I'm just joking real, but we'll get at it. Okay. John, I muted your line, but y'all can hear everything in the background. But listen, I want to ask a question. Brother Elishua, I, I totally agree with but Let me ask y'all a question. America, John, Elishua, and those of you on the phone lines, and those of you in the chat room, I think we have a, I'm watching the chat room as well. Have you ever seen it reverse? Have you ever seen black men beating a white guy? I bet you, America, you're going to tell me no. Unless the white guy was, like, waving a gun or doing something so obviously evil to whites almost say, beat him. You never, ever, ever, ever see a black man shoot an unarmed white guy. This is what I'm trying to tell John. No. Everybody don't respond like we're responding to this. White people is not going to play that. 
because they don't value themselves like we value ourselves. You'll never, it's a reason. Ask, 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 ask the question. Now, you saw five thugs last night pretty much on the 7th of January. Beat that guy. So if it's that kind of black police officer, and we know there's a whole lot more like that, how come none of them never beat a white guy like that? I don't want one hair harm on, uh, I heard a little noise in y'all's background. LSU, just give me a second. I'm about to turn it back over to you. Just want to ask this quick, quick. Just mute us until it's time, but John line is muted if you can. Why? Why, America? Have you not? Can you not produce one video of a black cop or black cops plural beating a white guy who wasn't doing nothing because they would tear? This country apart trying to get to us. They'll start shooting us on the spot. This is what I'm trying to show Brother John. No, it's not normal what they did. I don't care if he shot up a hundred people. There's a policy as to how to handle criminals. So what John was saying to me was self-hate. When we come on these lines and we're giving all these excuses and we don't really know, that's self-hate right there. I'm not trying to throw my butt, or my friend on the bus. John won't tell tonight. I'm in a lot of areas. Y'all hear us all the time on this blog. But in John, but self-hate right there. In John's defense, in John's defense, though, if John wasn't aware of the background that I just gave him, anybody looking at that situation without having that information would have arrived at that conclusion. Because you see a black man sitting in a car and he's having a conversation with police officers. And it may, yeah, it may look like he's not, uh, in other words, he's not complying. But what John didn't know is that literally, based on, that's why I come out there, that's why we, we always, you know, do some background history to check on these issues before we speak on them. Because what he wasn't aware of is that even the police chief, according to her information, her investigation, said that she could find nothing in the young man's behavior as to why those police officers stopped that person initially in the first place. That was point one. Point two, that man was literally 80 yards from his home. Okay? So what's happening is that there are a lot of people who are looking at it with the same viewpoint that John is looking at it, and in their attempt to be fairness and to be equal, they're saying, okay, but wait a minute, why did it, how did it go from this to that so quickly? Well, when you understand that there are previous motivations and there's a different agenda, then you can see it, yes. But when you do hear out all the hope, when you hear out what goes on, then it comes to your point, Seth, and I agree 100%. I have been incarcerated. I have spent almost six years of my life incarcerated in Texas Department of Corrections, one of the toughest prisons in the United States of America. And I have observed how a correctional officers handle inmates even within a within an incarcerated setting and how that many black officers were notorious for being more cruel than the white officers and the way that they treated the inmates, specifically the black inmates. Well, what we don't understand is that does come from a lifetime of being educated, of being miseducated and misinformed to think Amen. That white life has extreme value. There you go. Black life has very little value. And what you have when you deal with self-hatred, 
whenever you see, here's the thing, last point, is that whenever you see people, if you're in the police department and you're seeing nothing but black people come in and out of the police department and you're already dealing with self-hatred, it endures you with a bitterness towards black people that even Absolutely. people who possess it are not aware of it. I've seen it in action. I've seen five people literally grab a dude outside of a grocery store because he had robbed the grocery store, and the white manager who runs the store is just standing there looking, and these five guys go to beat this guy, this black guy, and I basically said, what you're doing is assault, and I'm filming it, and then they stopped. And then they looked at me like, Nigga, he just robbed the store, man. He hit that, you know, he he hit that lady when he snatched the money or something else. I said, but now I'm gonna ask you a question. I said, if there was a white man down there, would you be beating him like that? Absolutely. And I said, and if I and I said, and if you were the police, I said, even if you were the police, your job is to apprehend him, not to beat him. You are not the justice department. You do not extinguish the punishment for whatever crime he committed. That's left up for the courts, not you. Absolutely. Ella Shaw, that was beautiful, at least in my opinion. John has opinion. You have opinion. The callers have opinion. The listeners, I vehemently agree with what you're saying. And even if the guy did have an affair, while he's wearing that badge, he has a certain job to do. Even if he slept with the wife, did something crazy while he's wearing that badge, he has a certain way to deal with criminals. And I it's the same. Nothing they did was right. Pulling over, where they pull them over, I've seen cops pull over real criminals. I mean, everybody knew what they did. O.J., when he was pulled, I mean, I've seen them pull over people that was showing up criminals. That's the way you handle them. Because they have value You don't ask what did they do Doesn't matter what they did It does matter But what I'm saying is it's, you, Two wrongs don't make a right Whatever he did That's fine, that's another topic It should be dealt with according to the law But you don't Abuse him And be acting like there's a reason It, it may be okay to abuse him And say something like it's just a little I'm just Brother John, I we just disagree. That's all. Brother John is cool. I may be wrong. Uh, y'all, let me know. Those you on the phone line, let us know. We're gonna listen to the. But for the record, for the, the record, let's know this. He did nothing. Let let us be known this because it's going out on the air. He did absolutely nothing wrong. He did not violate any traffic violation. He had no warrants. He broke no law. That's important that people know that. He's dead today as a result of his interaction with police officers, and he broke no law. Wow. All right, brothers and sisters. Well, sure, I'm glad you're in the house, you and John, both of y'all. We'll come back to you, but I want to hear from the parents. We're going to play parents, I meant to say. We're going to play the parents, and y'all got to hear what they're saying. This is deep. They're going to give you some more information. Again, you tune into the Five Stone Network. I'm Brother Seth, and I'm joined by uh, co-host Brother John uh, Clark and Brother Ella Shore. Uh, they're in the house. Oh, and Brother Seth. They are swinging Seth, at the topic with regards to Tyree Nichols. So we'll take a little short break, and we'll be right back. Did you hear me, Seth? 
Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. What was you saying, Ellis Shaw? Let me open up. Go ahead. I was saying that John was trying to get in, but you hit him on me. Yeah, I had on me. Y'all had a lot of noise, man. We these shows, we got to watch them. Oh, okay. Let's open this line up. Okay, brother John, your line is now open. Go right here, brother. Seth, I'm gonna say this. I'm gonna tell you why. You won't even come, come to the show, show. But as but you as are encroaching upon my position, as El encroaches upon my position, I'm not able to say anything because I'm on mute. And you're saying this because of noise in the background. I was already on mute. I muted me. So it wasn't my noise in the background. You should be able to check that because what it sounds like is that if you have a dissenting voice, that you're going to put them on mute and they don't get to hold their position. I have a question for both you and L. Now that we have the background, which we did not have before, what's the prevailing reason for that kid's death? Was it white supremacy, black inferiority, or you've been well, you you had someone who was jealous and upset and angry and had it out for for you before you even got out the car. Which one? Okay. Which, which it only one takes reasons is the prevailing reason. Gotcha. Let's say he messed with somebody. That's one man. Let's say he slept with his wife. That's one man mad. All five of them were beating the hell out of him. John, we got to take a break. Seth, because when you are squad, because when you are squad, you let your squad know this is the reason why we about to go get this guy. This and the if they agree, you don't, you don't hold on, quiet. I got you. <laughs> John, everybody hear what you're saying? You're saying that was a reason. We hear you. Seth, what I'm saying is not that that, that was of the reason or a reason. All I'm saying is that the whole first 30 minutes of my discussion with you was just simply saying, Seth, you can't just put that on white supremacy. That's all that I was okay. saying. So right. when, this when is what I was bring in the background, Gotcha. Gotcha. Now hear me out. We got you. There was something else that happened. He was mad. He told his squad, I'm about to get busy, and they said, okay. The fact that they agreed with him, if that's what it was, beat him like that, means they didn't value him. Now there is no squad. Now hear me out. Hear me out. There is no squad that's gonna do that unless they have problems with valuing that person. And the reason I call it white supremacy is because the way they handle it is the same way they handled Rodney King when it was all white. And the way that guy was swinging, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. The way that guy was swinging a baton, let's say he's the one who had the wife. He's swinging a baton. You done screwed my wife, blah, blah, blah. Okay, why did that other guy sit there and punch him like a punching bag? He didn't sleep with your wife. And then why did the third guy kick him? It kept kicking him. And then why did the fourth guy, when he was punching him, he turned around and hit him in the side? No, no. Same reason why we don't value black life. Everybody gets Hold on. 
Let me finish so we can, we can hold on, hold on, John. Finish what? You don't have to talk. When I'm done, you can talk as long as you want, and I'll wait on you before I take my break. Bro, if everything you said was true, that was a classic case of black inferiority mindset. They bought into I'm just a nigga, you ain't nobody. It's that same mindset. Who you think you are? Look at this young nigga. I'm tired of messing up my streets. The parents getting ready to say it. Those officers thought he was something. He wasn't. And even if he was a thug, why not value your thugs? Whites don't treat their criminals like that. I said Indians don't treat their criminals like that. They value their life, man. Send them to jail. Lock them up. Why do we kill each other so quickly? In Chicago, all this murdering. Why? Okay, did something wrong. Throw them in jail. Throw them in prison. There's no reason, John. Just because we don't know the backdrop. There's no reason for that. Except self-hate. There ain't no reason you can concoct. Nothing you can say with words is going to justify what we saw. Go ahead, man. Sir, in your quiet time, you go back and you listen to the show. Please, I'm begging. And the reason why is this. When I was trying at the very beginning just to simply say, they pulled them over, why were they so hostile? We don't know why they pulled them over. You went, you went back and forth with me, and you, you with, with, with gritted teeth, you finally give up the fact that we didn't know. And, and just one quick sidebar, Reginald Denny, look him up. He's the, you've never seen the white guy get beat down by black people like that. Rodney King, when they, when they burned down L.A., Reginald Denny, he wasn't doing anything but driving his truck through the city. They whooped. They hit him with bricks. They beat him like he was the one that was fighting uh, Why are you, you know, Rodney King. He you was, mentioned a white trucker, police officers beating him? Say it again. Why are you mentioning a white truck? You said you've never seen a white person get beat down by black people and they were unarmed and hadn't done anything. That's I said, said police officers, man. Okay, well, if I miss it, my apologies. Back to, back to court. The only point that I've been trying to make from Square is, as a matter of fact, I'll make it with, with an anecdote. If I'm walking down the street to Fort Worth and some dude bumps into me, and I'm like, what's up with you? He's another black man. And he's like, what's up with you? And I'm looking at him like, what? And he swing on me, fighting. I'm going to beat him like he, he ain't seen a beat. Why? It's not because of black inferiority. There's another factor that's taking place. He bumped into me. When I asked him what's up with you, he could have just said, excuse me, but he didn't. He bucks up with me. He swings on me first. Now it's just a matter of self-defense. I will drag him across the street if it's possible, up and down. Is it because of black inferiority? No. Is he black no. enough? Let me answer the question. If there was two white guys, I've seen it happen. And one on bumping to the other one? I'm sorry. Unless they, unless they hit. Hold on. No. I repeat the whole thing when you tell me go to ahead, stop go and ahead. let you speak. And then when you do, I can just speak on. 
I'm giving an anecdote. And what I'm trying to tell you is that a classic scenario of white supremacy, you cannot have the cop already mad at the guy because of, of, of the white situation. You can't have that. That variable has to be taken out. You cannot have a goon squad who's out looking for people and all this type of thing like that because they already, there's something already driving them in this lower uh, impoverished neighborhood. There's something more that's going on there. You have to pull out all of those variables and work with a pure formula of someone who does something based solely upon the fact that I see you as less than based upon all I've come to know and understand in this land. That is classic white supremacy. That is classic white, I mean, uh, black inferiority. You got way too much stuff dirty and muddy in your waters to use this one. That's all I'm trying to say. Appreciate you. And this is just how we do, brothers and sisters. We get, this is how we get. And Ella, sure, I'm going to open up your line because uh, well, we're about to take a break. Then we'll, we'll come back. We'll open up your line, and I think Purcell is joining us also. After the break, we'll we'll. But let me just say to John, then we'll take this break. Again, we're about to hear from the parents, and um, and matter of fact, I'm going to tell everybody that's listening. If you want to keep listening after ten o'clock Central Standard Time, eleven o'clock Eastern Standard Time, if you want to keep listening after that time, you got to call this show because you're going to be cut off right. In about 15 minutes, those of you listening online are going to be cut off. You have to call the phone number to keep listening because we definitely going to roll over the past 15 minutes because this, this, this audio is itself is about 12 minutes. But you got to hear from your family. you got to hear from the parents right quick. But real quick, I'm going to address Brother John. You just did another classic act of white supremacy. Not you, but in the story you gave. Now, y'all heard Brother John. I don't have to repeat it. I'll repeat just a little bit. He said, if somebody bump into me and basically look at each other and they start fighting, nobody does that but black people. There's always exceptions to the rule. There's always some un unlearned white people, unlearned Indian person or unlearned Japanese person, Chinese person that's going to do it too, but nobody fight like that but black people. But you know how John made that like it sounds so normal? That's what I'm trying to tell the world. We have problems with valuing each other. That was another case of classic black inferiority. Teaching. You a nigga, I'm a nigga. You ain't nobody. Why are you looking at me? That's all it's saying. It's, I see all kind of white guys bump at each other. Sometimes they get cut. And they'll say, my bad, you all right? You need, a, you need a handkerchief? No, I'm okay. They can be pissed off at each other. But he's right. John's right. We'll fight each other. But we don't call it white supremacy. I don't know if, you're, if people ever understand what I'm trying to say. Brothers and sisters, that is not how we're supposed to look at that situation. He just bumped into you. All right, y'all. Take a little break. We'll be right back. ABC's Elwin Lopez is in Memphis tonight, sitting down with the family of Tyree Nichols and their attorney, Ben Crump. This is a live interview, and this is really the first time the family has been able to react publicly uh, to the police arrest footage. Elwin. Thank you all so much for joining us, especially during this difficult time. 
this video has now been released to the public. This is the first time that many are taking a look at it. What do you want people to take away from this? Um, I just wanted them to see why they charged these police officers with murder. Uh, this video illustrates exactly what happened on those streets that night. This uh, also justifies our son showing that he was no threat to them. Um, for an individual to weigh 150 pounds and to be brutalized by five officers is unheard of, and we needed the public to see it so that they could make their own judgment. Ms. Wills, you described this as God's assignment. Can you tell me more about that? Well, <clears throat> I just feel like my son was sent here on an assignment. Um, his assignment was fulfilled, and God took him home. Now, that's my belief. That's what I hold on to, and that's what keeps me going, because I'm not going to stop until I get justice for my son. And you were telling me that he was watching the sunset, taking pictures, yes. when he was on his way home and stopped by these officers. Yes. He was on his way home. He goes to Shelby Farms every weekend to watch the sunset. That's his passion. He either would go to skateboard or, you know, but he was on his way home. And you told me that he was really close to his home when he was calling your name. I know you haven't taken a look at the video, but you told me that you felt something happening. Yes, I felt a lot of pain and discomfort in my stomach. And at the time, I didn't realize what it was. But once I found out, then I just said, that was my son's pain that I was feeling. Calling out for you? Yes. During his last moment? Yes. You described to me also the moment that you saw him in the hospital, that you finally got a look mm -hmm. at what they had done to your son. Yes. Tell me about that. Well, as I told you earlier, I was told that he was only pepper sprayed and tased. However, when I got to the hospital, my son was beaten up. He had bruises all over his body. His head was the size almost of a watermelon. His neck was busted because of the swelling. His neck was broken. My whole son's body was just black and blue. They had him on all these breathing machines. He'd already went into cardiac arrest and his kidneys were failing. And so it just shocked me because I was told something else. And then you arrived at the hospital and saw something totally different. Totally different. And I knew then my son was already deceased. He was just, they were just, the doctors had him on the breathing machine. But he wasn't breathing on his own? No. no. In the video, you see other officers outside of the five officers who were charged. Now, for the first time, we saw the first incident, also the second altercation. 
what do you want people to know about the full extent of the video and what would you like to see happen to others who are there? Um, I feel that everyone there should be charged from both scenes, the first one and the second. Um, everyone, that's the paramedics, that's the, the uh, fire department, paramedics that came out, that stood around and didn't do anything, they're just as guilty. Um, so everyone that was active in the whole scene, the whole video should be charged. And Mr. Crump, you were talking about the same thing, that some of the people there were not charged and you would like to see charges brought against those officers and the paramedics? Well, we certainly have questions uh, now that we see this video and we can study it a little more. In the first five minutes of the release of the video, people started commenting on social media that there was a white police officer there that was engaging with Tyree, uh, but we didn't hear anything about him. And so that raises a lot of questions. Uh, why wasn't he charged with anything? Um, and, and really the whole Scorpion unit, this unit should be disbanded. Uh, Attorney Ramanucci and uh, Mr. Ali and us, our legal team, we were talking. And when you look at how this unit was operating with such brutality, such excessive force, how can you feel safe if you're a citizen in Memphis with people having that mentality that they can just go out here and trample on the constitutional rights of citizens in certain communities. We were talking as well about the officer's behavior after this incident and some of the things that we saw on camera. Can you describe that for me? Um, it was <clears throat> unacceptable. Well, you hear for, laughing? It was unacceptable for you to be officers that are supposed to serve and protect the community to not just brutalize him but still after the fact you're walking around laughing smoking cigarettes like it's like he said it's like normal like you know we get away with this all the time so uh, this is just normal behavior for them yeah and it was they were so nonchalant about everything mm -hmm. you have a man literally laying down there in distress dying and people are just talking like this is business as usual mm -hmm. had Tyree not succumbed to his injuries how many more times would they have done this and how many times have they done it before mm -hmm. I mean, mm -hmm. And you said you've received calls about that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, uh, my office has received two calls now from citizens saying that they were attacked by this scorpion unit. One young man said he was just going to get a pizza, and they, when he was stopped, they came and attacked him at his car, cursing him out, threw him on the ground, put a gun to his head. And he said that he called the police department twice trying to report them and he never got a call back and you you want to believe that had they responded back to him that Ravon and Rodney's baby might not have been killed mm -hmm. and I also 
uh, yesterday I went and got my car washed, and the guy recognized me, and he was saying, he said, man, that same unit stopped me, and I had a warrant, so I ran. He said, when they caught up with him, they broke his ribs. Mm. The same unit. So we have, I'm sure there's a bunch of stories out there, you know, and I'm sure in the next couple of days, a lot of people will come forward. I know there's going to be a review of these specialized units, that's what they're called. Do you think that this unit will actually be disbanded? I think it has to be. I mean, with this fragrant pattern and practice of brutality, how can you justify letting them continue to operate? I mean, when I saw this video before America saw it, I kept saying that it's going to remind people of Rodney King. The video from 1992. Uh, but as the police chief said, in many ways it's worse because Rodney King survived. Tyree did not survive. And this was an organized unit of brutality. You know, this was a special unit who seemed that they could operate with impunity. I mean, it certainly looks like that from the video and the things they were said. When you watch the video, the supervisor says, well, you know, what did you stop before? And they come up with this story talking about, well, he was driving the wrong way in traffic. If he was driving the wrong way in traffic, L, everybody would have been reporting that. Well, that's, the police chief was also saying that that claim of reckless driving, that there was no evidence of that in mm -hmm. any of the videos that mm -hmm. she saw. Yeah, and thank God for the video, especially with the audio. Uh, and, and I know you haven't seen it. We're talking about it because it's just important mm -hmm. to say why you got to disband the Scorpion unit. At one point on the radio, you hear somebody say, what did you stop him for or what did he do? And nobody responds. Mm. Mm. And they also said one of the officers that bothered me was that my son tried to take his gun on that video. They, he said it multiple times. And my right, he said it multiple times. And my son never tried to take his gun. I mean, there's no evidence of that. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, you know what mm -hmm. I'm saying? Yeah, he, you certainly can't see that in those videos. Right. And that exactly. may be something that they say to try to justify mm -hmm. doing what they do. Mm -hmm. uh, and so we, everybody needs to analyze every part of this video because it is a telltale sign of an institutionalized police culture who tells them they can get away with it. Mm -hmm. And we can't let them get away with it here in Memphis, and we can't let them get away with it in any other case regardless if the officers are black or white. Mm -hmm. It's, it's and a another systemic thing issue. I'd yes. like to say is when I said initially that they messed with the wrong family, they did not know the character of the person who they were brutalizing. Mm -hmm. They did not know that he was such an outstanding citizen. You know, because I guess they always are dealing with criminals or whatever. But they did not know that Tyree had such a beloved following, so to speak. So And beautiful soul. And, 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 and a beautiful soul. And a beautiful soul. 
and raised by a beautiful woman yeah. who raised a beautiful human being. Yeah. And they didn't know this, you know what I'm saying? So they didn't know the repercussions that was going to come behind what they did, their actions. Mm. Okay. And speaking of that, Mrs. Wells, what will you miss the most about your son? Everything. <laughs> His beautiful smile. Mm -hmm. His just whole sense of humor, you know. He was just a bright spot. He didn't, he didn't like he, oh, if I if he thought I was mad at him, oh, that would just hurt his poor heart. Even at 29. Mm -hmm. if, uh, hello, parents. Mm -hmm. Well, you never wanted to disappoint your mama. Yeah, mm -hmm. and he would come in the house and, hello, parents, mm -hmm. you know. And then he used to always want to come over and give her a big hug.
So if it's superior, excuse that noise. If it's superior, what is it superior of? It's black. On one side of the coin, there's all these teachers and sayings and body languages that whites are better, the universities are better. But then every time you say it's better, it's better than what? So you have to flip the coin over. There's all types of teachings and those things that we say about each other all day long. We have just a little bit of patience with each other. And we'll just go there. Like Brother John said, you bumping to me. What you looking at, nigga? What you looking at? Why it's got to be that way? Don't value ourselves like those Indians do. Like other people do. Because in this country, we're not men. We're not women, really. When ain't no whites around, we're men and women. But when they're around, they are the men, the real men, the real women. They're respected. Put it like this. Let me say it another way. We're behind them. Our women are beautiful behind them. They're the gods in this country. I wish Yeshua was Lord. I wish Yahweh was Lord. Oh, wow, do I wish. And so does Yahweh. And so does Yeshua. They wish they was Lord in America. They want to be. God's kingdom want to be. But in America, I doubt it. No. White folks, Lord. We worship them. Some of us are better or deeper in it than others. That's all y'all saw. But again, before I go to my co-host, if you think I'm smoking on something, ask this question. All these police shootings of black males. Tell me two white officers, two, two black officers that shot a white male unarmed. If you think I'm crazy, answer that. You should know two. We know, eight, what, 800 black men? You should know at least two black men that shot. I'm not trying to advocate shooting white people. That's not what I'm saying. I don't want to hair their head, harm, unless they're trying to harm me. I'm, this is the love channel. We ain't on no hate the white man. No, this is not about no white men. This show is not even about white people. I'm not advocating that, but I'm just saying in that equation, in looking at that, in answering that question, you're going to see the religion I'm talking about. We don't have no value in this country. Well, the Constitution said the three-fifths, but it's an all-change. It's not like that. Oh, yes, it is. But forget about white people for a minute. Take white people out of America. Look at Africa. <laughs> Ain't no white people around. And they buy skin bleaching by the records. John, I interviewed him and his friend in Kenya. She said the Kenyans will hire white people over Kenyans if both of them are educated. So y'all think I'm just making this up. White supremacy, not, not making it up, but you're thinking I'm calling everything white supremacy. I'm calling what I see. I bet you didn't answer my question, though. How many Black men, you know, kill unarmed white men. You know why? Because the first time it happened, they'll tear up this country. They're, they, psh. Anyway, let's go to the phone lines. 
All right, Brother LSU, your line is open, Brother John. Your line is open, Brother Purcell. Your line is open, Purcell. We hadn't heard from you. Uh, I think I want to um, go ahead and invite you. Did you have any questions or comments before? Only because we hadn't heard from you tonight, again, on what you've heard. Anything? Absolutely. Absolutely. I came on a little late, but um, um, this is a very gut-wrenching topic. Uh, yeah. Especially as it relates to the Tyree. Um, ironically, uh, you went with this topic uh, without you and I having a conversation. And it just so happened that last night, just last night, I was compelled to go on YouTube to actually watch the video because I've been hearing that. The video was released to the public. And then I had been hearing about the, the, the situation and what happened and what went down and stuff. So I was like, man, let me watch this video. Man, I'll tell you what. When I watched that video, um, it really, if I be honest, man, it really hurt my heart really hurt my heart to see these guys conduct themselves this way. Um, I talked to one of my boys. He was like, Okay, hey, he hey, 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 y'all. It's a lot of noise. Please mute us if you're not coming. Thank you. He said, man, if you are shocked by that, he said, man, you're living under a rock somewhere. And I was like, well, no, 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 I'm just saying, man, I was just kind of taken aback by it. You know, it was just kind of kind of caught me off guard, which it did. You know, because the whole time I'm watching the video, I'm saying, well, why are they doing this? Why are they doing it? Why? I mean, why? What has caused them to be so angry with this dude? Because when I'm watching the video, I'm thinking, okay, I ain't seen the dude do nothing. Matter of fact, all I'm hearing him is, is politeness coming out of his mouth. He said, okay, 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 I'm on the ground. Okay, I'm on the ground. I'm on the ground. It seemed like the more polite he was to them, the more pissed off they became. Yeah. And then when he recognized, yeah. when he recognized that it was spiraling out of control, he tried to, to remove himself, which I probably would have did the same thing. My God, my he God. He tried to run. You know, and they ran him down. Man, and the thing that got me, too, was they got the audio of one of those officers saying, man, I hope they stomp his ass. I was like, wow. So then when they find him, and I'm watching the video, and I'm watching these guys taking shots at this guy. I mean, taking shots at this guy. And you've been hearing a lot about how this dude was only about 150 pounds soaking wet, right? Well, every officer that I saw involved was every bit 230, 220, 230. I mean, they were massive in, in comparison to this young man. Bruh, then when they got to kicking this dude while he was on the – I mean, I'm just – I was, I'm just so outdone by this, man. 
They had this man laying on the ground lifeless. Then they prop him up against the police cruiser, and nobody gives him any kind of attention. They just continue to walk around him, you know, slapping high fives. And then the paramedics show up on the scene and don't do nothing. I'm like, man, are you serious right now? I'm, I'm watching this video thinking, is this for real? Is this, is this for real? Let me ask you a question. And then, First hold on, step. hold on. And then. Oh, I yeah. want you to finish. Hold on. I want you to finish. There's no way. I want you to stop. I want you to finish. Then we're going to go to Ellis Shore. But i got to ask you a question. Because you okay. were known as the first half. The question is this. What could he have done that somebody might say, wait a minute, don't draw no conclusions. Don't throw those cops on the bus yet. We don't know what happened. What would you say to that? Nothing. Nothing. He couldn't have done nothing, man, to have them guys beat beat him the way he did. Are you sure? I'm absolutely positive. Again, this dude was 150 pounds. This dude was up against five officers that was at least, I give them at least 220 plus. One guy that was walking around, I think he must have hurt his leg when he swung his leg to kick the dude in the head. He must have hurt his leg because he kept walking around limping. Overweight. It ain't nothing that dude could have did, man, to cause them to beat him like that. Purcell, I'm going to let you finish. Nothing, man. I'm going to let you finish. But again, y'all, I'm coming too. And then we're going to go to LSU and John. Listen, the conversations they had, brothers and sisters, while he was on the ground, is the same conversation, say Sean's plural, that the cops had when they was beating Rodney King. LSU and John, I'm going to meet y'all's line. I can't keep them on the line. Now, Purcell, wait a minute. That's your line. Right there. That right there. We can hear you. Purcell, we can hear that. So let me go back and open up LSU's line and John's line, because that wasn't the that's your line. So Rodney Kingdom, I think yeah, that's put in the kind of conversation that was going on. There was cops sitting around talking too. I guarantee you they were saying some of the same thing. They just weren't saying, bro this, bro that. Purcell had to call back. So I appreciate that to clear up that line. But while Purcell is calling back, I just want to say this. What do y'all think they was talking about when Rodney King was on the ground? Yeah, I, I, I had to get him up. Oh, I'm tired. Oh, that was, he tried to, he tried to get up now. Same kind of stuff. Why do we think white people more evil? Why do we think they're more racist? That's what I can't understand at 61 years old. We say the same thing about ourselves that they say. Is there any wonder we would do this? 
this is what's crazy. Did y'all hear the young guy said that there's others complaining about this unit? Guy said he called two times. He must have been scared. That's not a lot of times. It's like bullies. So this ain't the first rodeo for them. And then LSU was talking about this lady had the same kind of, uh, you know, boys in Atlanta. Anyway, I don't see Priscilla. Uh, I'm going to try to reach, call him back right quick. Um, LSU, go ahead, and I'm going to try to reach out to Priscilla. Oh, wow. Uh, <laughs> Seth, you know when you said that um, you wish no ill will upon white people unless they are trying to hurt you physically, attack As them personally, yeah. Not their nation, not their country, because I think the country going to be judged. But I'm talking about them. Yeah, that's right. I meant that. They attack us every day. The fact that we're on this line having this conversation, they attack us every day. Now, I'm going to tell you what's going to come up out of all of this. All this is that they're happy for this because this takes the load off of them. But this is still their doing. Let's look at the psychology behind this. There's nobody on this line that I know of who has been incarcerated for this. There's nobody on this line who has lived in an environment controlled by men in suits who literally feel like they could do whatever they wanted to do and there would be no repercussions of it. And what you saw out there on that camera, I saw every day. I saw it every day. Every day. As a matter of fact, we do not come into the capacity of violence and cruelty that we do unless we are somehow trying to ascribe to something they have or ascribe to their approval. And what you have went on and what you what you witnessed was literally gang activity. It's no different from the Bloods and the Crips. Only these gang members, they have the legitimacy of the law behind them. But their mindset, their mentality their approach and their view towards black people is no different. It is self-destructive. We minimize the value of black human life while we idolize the value of white human life. And it's manifested in our actions and our attitudes. And we see it every day. But it's not just about situations like this. See, when situations like this happen, then everybody is appalled. But you see it every day. You see incidents of it. You just don't see it, the violence manifested to that degree and with that level of intensity. But let me tell you something. When I was in prison, I saw that kind of mess happen all the freaking time. I have a nephew who right now is in the grave but was beat to death by correctional officers and poisoned while in prison in solitary. This reminds me of the Columbine situation. That prior to that, all these black kids were getting killed in school and gun violence in school. Government didn't do a damn thing about it. But then when Columbine happened, all of a sudden, we have a phenomenon. We have a crisis. 
This ain't no crisis. This is America, people. This is the United States of America. This is not crisis. This is normal. And why is it so different? Because all of a sudden he's an upstanding individual, according to American standard, American society. So therefore his life is supposed to have a little bit value than the next person. That's BS. Yeah. That's, mean, why I come I mean, out. that's why I come out. That's why I come out. That's why I had such a respect for Martin Luther King. He said, "Injustice anywhere is a threat to justice everywhere." everywhere. And that squad that you get, that they're talking about, I've seen them in the black community. Seth has seen them in over the Rhine. But what we normally see them in, we see them as white people. But they have flipped the script. That's why I come the KKK is no longer officer to the degree to the extent that it is to be because it does not have that need any longer. Because now the people who are administering that type of violence and hatred against black people are black people themselves. Absolutely. And then we have to wonder where do black people get this impetus that we hate ourselves to that degree that we can extinguish that level of violence on another person that looks just like us? And let me do this. Oh, yeah, let me, go let me ask movement. you. Let me ask you. Let me ask you that. I want to ask you that. Where do they get it from? They get it from this white supremacist-oriented culture that we live in. And that's the, oh. and, and what we do in situations like this, what we want to do is we want to say, see, black people ain't no different than white people when they situations ain't power like that. But these black people are a creation of white people. They're Absolutely. a creation of the white power structure. That's why I come out. I always say that. God, I, I wasn't the first one who said this. Yahweh made men. He made them in his image, and then they were likeness. They were colored with the color of dirt. They were jet black, blue, black. And then all of a sudden, years later, centuries later, came white men, and they created niggas. And, and, then, when we see, and then when we see niggas, I, 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 when we see on, niggas on, acting on, like on. niggas, it takes all the attention I was the one who created that nigga, and and and, and, and he and I like that he uh, Farrakhan is the one that said it. He said God made man, white folks made niggas, and I've come to edit that just a little bit. I think God made man, and white supremacy made niggas because I've never seen a white man make a nigga without words. So it has to be something believed because not all black people will let white people. Make them a nigga if they can make them a nigga. It's awesome. Do we have that? Bible, what the Bible describes oh, hold, 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 hold on, 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 hold and y'all excuse me for saying nigga and all we just this is just what was said. I'm just using the words because y'all know some of y'all still use it anyway. But I don't use that word. But I understand what Farrakhan was saying. Nigga is like an invention. It's something white people made. So Farrakhan said God made man, white people made niggas. White folks made niggas is exact words. And I understand what he's saying, but I I come to believe that white people are not intelligent enough to orchestrate, to 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 create such a devilish demon. Satan had to have something to do with this. I think Satan created white supremacy, and white people was his vehicle to get it. King Leopold, uh, Willie Lynch, 
these are vessels used of Satan to permeate that teaching. Willie Lynch say, why are y'all hanging these folks? If you do what I'm telling you, they'll serve you for many years to come. That's a philosophy. They didn't go make them be niggas. They gave them a philosophy. And he said, if they believe this philosophy, they'll serve you for years. Go ahead, Brother Ellis. You and then Brother John. But, and see, here's, here, here is like when we talk about that right there. Oh, my goodness. We don't want to acknowledge that we are in the land and we have been at times captives and slaves in the land of the most cruel people on the face of the planet. They oh, teach they other are. natures and other cultures cruelty. That's they how Leopold. Leopold killed. Leopold killed. Well, hold on, hold on, LSU. Because you 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 filibusting. John got to get in there. But go ahead, man. Go okay, ahead. Okay, I, I am. All right. Let him in there. Okay. Go ahead. I am. I I am. I, I'm actually trying to I'm actually trying to keep the line occupied until John finishes eating. But anyway, <laughs> but anyway, but let me just okay, say this. Okay. But we have see. Here's the thing. And I get, and this is the point that really welcome. I did not want to engage in this conversation with anybody because over the course of the last few years, I've become very frustrated. My wife will tell you, if there's a police shooting or a police beating of the unarmed people, whether they be black or white, please don't tell me about it. I don't want to hear about it. I said because I have come to the conclusion that what we do is that when we have these incidents, we get emotionally riled up. We get emotionally triggered at the appointed time. And then all of a sudden, we have to go through the court proceedings, and all of a sudden it dies down, and we just wait until the next one to happen. And we just go on and on and on. And you said something earlier, see, about white people. Here's the simple thing is that this doesn't happen with every people, and every people doesn't have this history. Only one people on the face of the planet have this history, and those are the people that the, that the Messiah said that they would be dispersed to, the, dispersed to the four corners of the earth. We're the only people who have this type of situation, this kind of reality. Other people don't. But it has to say something, that there is something significant about us, and the scriptures reveal that there absolutely is. It says that the, that, 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 that the dragon went forth to make war or to attack the seed came from the woman that gave birth to the man-child. So when we talk about white supremacy within this context, we got to stop acting as if though these are just little manifestations of white supremacy. Everything we do within this culture is somehow oriented or governed or associated with the ideology of white supremacy. Absolutely. And white supremacy is not simply a national condition, like I said. And we want to, we've got to get away from the fact that we don't want to hold the people who are the chief proponents of white supremacy and hold them accountable. Like I said, they're going to love this situation because this is going to take the eyes out of them. But one fact that has not been brought up about this incident is that there was also a white police officer who was involved in this situation who also tased that man, but you don't see him within that five people being prosecuted for a crime. Well, that's good, brother. That's good. I could listen to you, man, because I ain't heard from you in a while, but I just want to be fair. Brother John, what say you, brother? You've heard a lot. Oh, okay. I got very, very little to say 
I will say this in regards to L's response to black people killing black people in the inner cities in Columbine, they are different. <laughs> the black people killing people in the inner cities was because of black friction amongst black people. And yeah, that would have been white supremacy or self-hate. <clears throat> Columbine was only preceded by the shooter in the Bell Tower at whatever given university. And now, you, and, and what you saw in Columbine was people killing people in discretion. They had no discretion. What they wanted was death. It wasn't like you had a problem with Leon because he borrowed $5 from you and he said, you know, F you and your $5, I'm not giving it back to you, so you pull out and you blast the dude. That's internal friction, all right? Columbine was death and destruction no matter who was in your way, and that's a little different in my opinion. Um, as it pertains to white supremacy and black inferiority in general, I think it's important that we have the wherewithal to call it what it is when it is. To me, this scenario is far from it. As I told you earlier, the waters are muddied because you have, number one, the goon squad. That muddies the water. Number two, you have some degree of, of uh, intimacy between the person who was killed and one of the people who killed him, that muddies the water. And in reference to Purcell's question uh, or statement, like you asked him, in what instance can you ever see something like this um, being perpetrated? Purcell said never. I want to bring your attention to a very important scripture. And it reads, this is uh, Proverbs. Six. One moment. Um, hold up here. I had it. I lost it. Well, while you're looking for that, I want to ask yeah, you a question. Please. Do you know, or anybody on the phone line, again, thank you for those of you on the phone lines. Press 1. Don't be shy. Don't be scared. We'll bring you on. You can ask your question, make your comment. Those of you in the chat room, chat away, and when I get a chance, I will ask anything y'all put in the chat room. All right? But, John. 34. Yeah. If that was a white guy, he had cheated with one of the officer's girlfriend. So the officer tell his goons, whatever y'all call them, hey, this white boy I want to mess up. And again, y'all, I am not promoting any harm on white people. I'm only bringing up white and black to show y'all this sickness. Because we got to find out why these folks did what they do and why they do it all the time. Why they did it to other people. And why this happened in Atlanta? And why why people why are cops mistreating blacks but not one y'all can name I guarantee you nobody can name me two police officers black that killed an unarmed white guy. So the question to John is this: If that was a white guy and he cheated on one of those cops' girlfriend or wives, 
and the cops say, I'm going to get this guy, and I want y'all to join me. Do you think that would have went down like that? So if it's not racism like you think, and you think it's cause of whatever, whatever, I'm asking you a pointed question. If that was a white guy, would those five black cops have beat him like those guys beat that black guy? Burjohn. Yeah, I have no way of answering that. What you're doing is you're creating a fictitious scenario, uh, even though this okay. is the scenario okay. we're talking about. Let's not do that. Let's not do that. One you're moment. right. You're right. Thank you. Just tell me when you have seen it. I, here's the thing. I've never seen it, but at the Thank same you. time, Thank officers, you. don't thank yourself because you haven't proven anything. John, that, ask that me not, that. Ask that me that. Ask me how many times that's not, I've seen black. I'm not going to ask you that. You can ask you that. If you, if you ask that is me the, the to shower, how do you see anything? How do you see anything? John. You see it because you go out and you just you sit on the side of the road. John, and John. You have if you it? ask any, I guarantee you, everybody on this phone line, we got people on this phone line. I'm listening to you, John. Seth, I, I don't care. What I'm trying to tell you is that you can only see through the lens of the media that provides you the information. And black officers killing or shooting or beating white people is not the flavor of the hour. That is not what gets the head. Oh, so they doing it, huh? So they doing? You think they're doing it? I said, I said I don't know, and the reason why I don't right. know is because and nobody else on this phone people, line and nobody else in America know. I guess what I'm trying to say is this: Seth, we can move something. on. Listen, uh, don't say none. Uh, don't say none. If you ask me a question, you allow me to answer that question. And and the thing is that you interrupt me, and then you will say something. And you put me on mute. That is I only put y'all on mute because of the noise, but you got the floor. I'm not going to say that for three minutes. Three no. minutes. So I don't well, I'm minutes. trying to be fair. Y'all had a lot of noise in the background earlier. Hold on, brother John. Hold on, hold on. Y'all had a lot of noise. Just hold on a second right now. Y'all had a lot of noise. I don't want to hang up because we, we boys for real, and I don't want us to hang up with no none in the air. You and LSU was talking. Y'all can hear y'all talking. When y'all play this show back, Remember what I said. That was me, Seth. Oh, Seth. no, no, Purcell. No, no, Purcell. That was me. Purcell. No, not you. This is when you, before well, you called. The only person you got left is L because I was muted, L. Me or Seth. You have to keep okay. in mind, I'm the one who ran into You was muted. Seth, I know Seth, what it says. Oh, oh, hold on Seth. a second. Hold on a second. Just too many people talking. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on, y'all. Hold on, y'all. Just so we be peaceful here. Y'all bear with me. I do, definitely did not want to mute LSU because I done did that before. We had problems, so please forgive me. So Purcell and LSU, hold on a second. I want y'all to play the show back. El, Purcell, you weren't even on the line. But when LSU was talking, John is right. He was muted. But everybody heard John and LSU and the kids in the background. So what I did was How I... How can I be muted and you hear that? We heard you on Elishua's line. So that's enough talking about the line. Go ahead, and I'm going to open back up their line. I'm going to finish with this because this he doesn't see any time that this would would happen. And the the fact is is that this has happened all the time, and it will happen in the end of days because this is not just a scenario where we're looking at this at face value 
This is prophetic. In Proverbs 6.34, it says, For jealousy is the rage of a man. Therefore, he will not spare in the day of vengeance. Folks, (laughs) you cannot tell me that this young man was having relations with one of these guys' wives and now, all of a sudden, this is about white supremacy. No. You know. You don't know that. You don't know that. They, I don't believe that because he was 150 pounds, very attractive, and he seemed like he was slow. I don't believe that lie. I don't believe it at all. Watch what, what I tell you. It's not what happened. Watch, just remember I said that. Keep going. Be that as it may. The point is, is that if, there, if, you, if, if Hale's uh, background is incorrect, then we'll deal with it at that point. But the point that I'm trying to make is that when the Messiah returns as the bridegroom and he's coming for his bride, which is the church, there's no gift that this world can give that's going to make him spare his vengeance. That vengeance is coming. The point that I'm making is that if for any reason what what L said is true, white supremacy, black inferiority, all of those things that you named are out the window because that vengeance trumps them all. It trumps them all. And that's, that's what I was saying from the very beginning. That's what you, know, you kept asking me, well, John, why do you keep asking about why they pulled him over? Because I told you that's where the video began. Why is it that that young man's experience of being pulled over by the police is different than every experience I've ever had in every hood that I've ever been in, West Baltimore. You have no idea what that hood was like. You have no idea what North Philly, that, that they call that the killing field, the Badlands. To get pulled over there, it, it's like you have to be on your P's and Q's because these officers are shipped in from out of state to work those areas. The, the people in Philly okay. won't work those areas. Okay. So all I'm well, trying to say is that, look, if I have been, as a matter of fact, I didn't have my license. In West Philly, I didn't even have my license. Why is it that my experience was different? And so stuff that I was telling from the beginning is that something else was going on. That was all I was trying to say. And sure yeah. enough, L comes on the line and verifies it was something more going on. So well, that, I guess being uh, said, I'll, I'll be done. Well, well, it's I, always – here's one thing I, I realized. It's always three sides to a story. Um, now, you all have, have – now, y'all really done bust my head because I've not been privy to that information, which what you just said about him uh, being involved with one of those officers' wives they or something like that. Ella sure gave us that. Now, he didn't mean no harm. He just gave what he heard. But I'll go out on a limb and tell y'all that ain't true. Watch what I tell you. Now, I apologize to the family. Anybody listening know the guy when I said he was slow. I I was going on what the mother was saying, his pastime, what he did. He sounded like a mama's boy. He sounded like just the way he sounded, the way he was acting, and they was talking about a passing the law for disabled. They was talking as though there's, he has something going on mentally there. So I apologize for saying he was slow, but I don't buy that. He was dating one of those 230-pound, well-built, nice-looking officer's wife. I don't buy that, but I could be dead wrong. Go ahead, sir. Yeah, well, what I was... If I may, now, if I may, if I may, if I may say, 
Go ahead and let him finish uh, telling the story because that was just hearsay. Okay. Let 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 him okay. finish because that's just hearsay. I don't know what I'm talking about. Go ahead. Go ahead, Elisha. I mean, go ahead, Purcell. Go just go back to the question that you asked me that John uh, weighed in on. Um, if I remember, what you asked me was, is there an occasion where it would have been justified for them to handle him that way? Now, I phrased it totally different than what you said, but I said the exact same thing that, that you said. Okay. And then my response was, it's nothing he could have done. It's nothing that he could have done or said to them that would justify them beating him to death, in my opinion. There is nothing he could have done apart from, here, I'll take, I can't take it back, but let me rephrase that. Well, no, I don't, I don't, I don't want to rephrase that. I stand on that. There is nothing he could have done to cause them to beat him to death. Or not to death. All five of them. <laughs> or not what? to death. There's nothing that justifies to beat him like that, period. It's not in their training or nothing. Well, right. <laughs> right. Well, right. Die? That's my point. That's what I was saying when you asked me that question. Um, yeah, so that's what I was saying. I was saying... There is nothing he could have done to justify them beating him that way. Purcell, that, all I was, that was saying, my position. all I was saying, or then we hear from Ellis Shure. All I was saying, John and I went back and forth for thirty minutes, and John, he really kept saying it. So somebody out there thinks like John, and somebody out there thinks like me. I don't know that I'm right. I think I'm right, but maybe he's right. He's saying, "Well, whoa, 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 kind of, you know, we don't." He was basically saying. We don't know what happened led up to it. And I kept saying, it don't matter. Yeah, but you don't know what. Seth, do you know what happened before that? And I'm saying, it don't matter. And he kept saying, I don't think you understand what I'm saying, but do you know what happened? We kept saying it back and forth, back and forth. And I kept trying to get him to see the self-hate and the way they behandle themselves. Man, you don't talk to no citizen like that. I don't care if he just killed 100 people. I don't care if he just raped 100 women. You are, you are, there's a certain way you have... Like I said, Timothy McVeigh, bomb, Oklahoma City bombing. This man blew up a whole building, killed hundreds of people. I think it was hundreds, a lot. They handed him like a darn near king, put him on a bulletproof jacket. They washed his hand as they put him in the head in the car. That's how right. you they treat a criminal. Right. It's only black folks that right. slip and let everybody abuse their kids and be sitting up. Uh, Ella Shue once said this, why do we victimize the victim? You know, I was saying something, and he kind of corrected me, like, well, you, Seth, you're always looking at, because I was saying, well, why did he run? And, and he was right. Why are you talking about whether or not he ran? And what I had to think about, about the, that. The, this young man that ran? Oh, no, 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 no. Back in the day, LSU and I was having okay. a conversation, and I was saying okay, these young okay. boys are always running, and LSU was saying, uh, why do we victimize the victim? And I thought about that. Yeah, okay. why do we do that? Self-hate. We're the only people okay. to do that. Well, if, that was a right, white boy, right. if that was a white boy, these white people would be tearing up this country. They'd be tearing up Memphis. If that, if five police officers would have beat a white guy, there would not be nobody on no talk show talking about, well, we don't know what the black guy did to deserve it. The white people wouldn't even, nobody say that but us. And it's self-hate. 
But people say, oh, no, it ain't self-hate. That's just, that's just being an investigator. No, it ain't. It's self-hate. I'm sorry. It's self-hate. We don't value ourselves. If I may, if I may, please, please. Go ahead, please, LSU. Please, y'all. Um, let me say this. Let me make sure because I, <laughs> I got emotional there for a minute because it's really, I've hit my feelings this y'all. I really have. I'm experiencing and witnessing this and this is just, when is it going to stop? Here's the thing. I think that everybody on this point is actually the first question because what happens is that over the over exactly. the over the past, whenever these issues have occurred, there have been situations where people want to know what happened and they jump to conclusions and what have you. So, in the initial response of when they stop the guy and you see the give and take back and forth. Well, the question is, what I was asking myself, is why did they stop him? Did they have probable cause to stop him for any reason whatsoever? Now, that was before I listened to anything. And then when I listened to the interview of the mother and father being interviewed by Don Lemon, and they were, and then I heard the interview of the, uh, the, the police chief, she said that's the reason why come what they would say that she might be in a guilty of rushing to judgment because that was the thing that they could not, the question they couldn't answer. When they said that the person was supposedly driving the wrong way, there was no evidence to indicate that. They have body cams. We, you have cameras right. in the area. And there was no evidence to indicate that that person had created any traffic violations or that they had right. any reason to stop him. So with the police chief, police chief knowing this, she understands there is a backdrop to this. This is a black person, so why did you go after him, and why did you respond to him the way that you did? So she even thinks, obviously, that there is some type of ulterior motivation as to what prompts this that we may not be privy to at the point in time until investigation is completely done. But that being said, and this is what Seth speaks to, is the aftermath. And this is what I hope both Seth and both John Purcell and especially the people who are listening is that often you will have a situation that happens. And we can just say five black police officers beat another black un, 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 uh, a citizen who was not carrying any weapons, what have you, and they beat him to death. Okay, and then that becomes the case. But what we also right. know is that there's always backdrops to the situation. Like John was talking about the situation with Columbine and the schools in the inner city. Okay, when I said Columbine, I said that's when all of a sudden they became concerned about school shootings. But it resulted in the same thing. Children were ended up dead because they were shot by another child. That was happening in black schools <laughs> in the inner city. But the government was not doing anything about it, and that wasn't an alarm. But when it happened with right. Columbine, it became an alarm. So that kind of goes back to the point that what a saying that when it happens with white people, there's a different set of actions that are taken. There's a different response. Also, when Absolutely. we look at the backdrop Absolutely. of the violence, when we talk about the violence that happened in the inner cities around about that time, people know this. Gangs have been in existence almost since the late 60s. But there was never the degree of violence in the intercities to the extent that it rose upon as of 1980. 
what happened in 1980. The United States government via the CIA basically introduced crack cocaine into intercity black communities in the United States of America. And it was the fight and the struggle for that product and the selling of it that created the majority of the violence that we've seen in the inner cities over the last 35 years. Now, can we say that we incited that violence or did our own country instigate that violence by planting a, a controlled substance that they know was illegal, but they didn't give a damn about us selling it to one another and killing one another, long as we could get kept, give Colonel Noriega and give him some money to go buy some weapons so they could go fight Iran. Why is it that we were so disposable? Why is it that our communities were so disposable? So always there's a backdrop if you take it and you want to analyze it further than the extent. And the extent that comes back to the point is this. Right, if you can say that it was one individual and that and that the rumor or the story is true and that the man was having an affair with that one man, with that man's wife. He's having an affair with one man's wife. He was not having an affair with five men's wife. And now we know that these six, because one person was not implicated, and we have to wonder since he was the only white person. He was not having an affair with those other four men. So what has to ask the question is what predisposes a person to beat a person with that degree of violence when that person has not done anything physically to harm you? And in this scenario, other than dating one of your boy's wife, what brings upon that? I have dealt with gang members, man. I've lived amongst gang members, and I've never seen them respond that way over a situation like that. Now, they may, they, may, they may gather around you and say, man, go in and handle your business and make sure nobody else gets involved. But when they all go in and beat and stomp a person to Absolutely. that degree, there's something insidious driving that type of mentality. Absolutely. That's powerful. Powerful. Go ahead, brother Patel. Now, what I what I what I wanted to interject was talked about the discrepancy in the handling of white people and and black people as a relate or, or as opposed to black people. Now, just look at the most recent epidemic, which was the op- the opioid epidemic. Okay, when when it became a problem in the white community with these opioids, now we got all these different types of programs to combat this. We got they came out the woodwork to uh, to rescue these white people, but like you said, in the black community, we were expendable. You know, oh, let them kill, let them kill, let them kill each other. They all right. You know, uh, let them, let them uh, deal with the war on drugs. But the minute this opioid thing broke out, the government so conveniently got involved and somehow decided they was going to clean it all up and save lives. So I absolutely agree with you there. I absolutely agree with you there. 
I'm so taken aback by this whole situation with the um, this young man. I was thinking that too. I mean, I'm sitting there watching the video the whole time, saying, "Well, why are they treating him like this?" I'm, I'm thinking, "What did he do? What, what really happened?" I mean, I'm for real. I'm sitting here the night before last, just sitting here. I, I just laid in my bed and watched the video, 30-minute video. I watched the whole thing, top to bottom. And I could not, for the life of me, even come up with a, with, with a reason why they were handling him like that. And then I thought, man, this dude is being really polite, even though they handling him crazy because they were out of order, first of all, when they snatched him out of the vehicle regardless to what his infraction was, if there was any. They was out of order by snatching him out the vehicle. But then for them to beat this man the way they did, all five of them, like I said, his, if he was having an affair with one of these officers' wives, his beef was with the, whoever, that other, whoever that officer was. But now I don't, I don't cut it off at the five officers. I think every person who was present, every the paramedics, all of them, just like the uh, the father said on the video. That's the first time I heard that video, but I agree with him. Everybody that was there, the white boy that t- tried to tase him when he took off running, he ought to be charged. The paramedics that showed up on the scene and just kind of walked around with the officers. Why the dude was just laying there. I mean, laying there, practically lifeless, and did absolutely nothing. I watched the video. And then they backed the, the ambulance up to block the view of when they actually picked him up and put him on the gurney. They had to know that that camera was that neighborhood camera was there on that pole. They had to know that was there. Okay. And then the ambulance backed up just far enough to where it blocked all of the other handling of this young man. But for for them to, I don't care if it was a white dude, to be honest. I mean, I think it saddens me the more, to be honest, because it was five black guys on this on this other black man, yeah, that saddens me. That bothers me. That bothers me more. But it's 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 man, it's just sad, man. It's sad. It's sad. Apart from these police officer situations, it's sad for me. How we handle one another, period. It's like Seth said, we don't value one another. We don't value the life of one of each other. But what I realize is, I realize is, we, for somehow, the whole street code, it's all about respect. All about respect, right? Yeah. Real quick, because we got to close up here, y'all. 
But Purcell, I appreciate what you just said. I mean, that was good. I just wish we had more time. We run out of time. But let me just say this really quickly, and it's going to take less than a minute. People, I had a guy say, man, you be sitting on the show, you'll say maybe be five minutes, so I'm, a, <laughs> I'm literally going to take a minute. This is what everybody's missing on this show, maybe. Did you hear what the family said? It's other complaints. So much so, they shut Scorpio down. No, they haven't shut it down. No matter what you want to say, well, he he slept with his girlfriend, that's why. Whatever you want to come up with, anybody, anybody listening want to say that. They shut Scorpio down. You think for just this one incident? No. No. These guys got too much authority, and they, they're, they're, you, they're abusing people. But like Purcell was just saying, y'all, look at the disrespect all around us. Let's just say for some reason we got it wrong and the guy deserved a beating. What about all this other beating that black cops do to black people? They say the same thing white people say when they're beating us. And still, ain't nobody answer my question. Name two black police officers that did one white boy like that. Now, it's going to make somebody's news. People got cameras and all, especially if he's white. Somebody videotape that. You can't. You know why you can't? Because of what Ella Shue was saying. Why supremacy is bigger than you think? It ain't no little incident here and there. It's in everything we do. That's what Expo 30 is trying to do. I guess I'm very unsuccessful at it. We're there actually is one. Go ahead. There actually is one. I remember. I remember the story when it came out, and I was because I even said, "If he did, oh, he's in the bottom of the jail." He's either dead at the bottom of jail. Which one is it? You're probably right. I'm not. I'm not 100 percent sure, but I remember a story coming out of a black guy. Thank you. I, I think it was a black guy shot. I think he shot and killed a white dude. Yeah, but see how you're saying I, it. Look how you're saying it. You're saying I, I think. I think. See, you can't hardly recall it. And if, like I said, if you did, I'm not saying a black man ain't evil. What I'm saying is we don't mess with them because deep inside we're serving them, man. Listen how y'all I, talking. I, along I think, with that. I think, I think, I, I think that you can't name it because it hardly ever happens. I should have known somebody was going to come up right. with it. That's, That's why I said two, two. But my point, y'all, we got to wrap up. I just, Let me don't, get re- I just don't remember. I just don't I know, remember Priscilla, the story. It just don't I'm happen, sure man. That is I'm and sure and guess happen. what? But listen to this. There's seven listen times this, more whites than blacks. There's seven times more whites than blacks. And y'all know white folks act way crazier than we do when they get drunk than we do with cops. Go ahead, Purcell, quickly. Like in a minute, we've got to wrap up, remember. Absolutely. Okay. And uh, LSU might be, be able to attest to this. My pastor and I was talking about this uh, Saturday, this situation that we're talking about tonight. And he was talking, he said he was the one that told me, he said, man, if you're shocked by this, you live under, you've been living under a rock somewhere. He said, because my pastor did uh, 23 years in the penitentiary, okay? 
And he said it was the black guards in there that treated them worse than the white guards did. <laughs> yep. Yep. Yeah, yeah he why? said the black guards the black guards treated them worse. Yeah. And if why? you if you think about it, if you think of just think about your jobs. Just think about your jobs. Your ordinary job you got, whatever it is. Just think about if you got a black manager. Just think about how that manager handles you versus the, your white counterpart. Well, it's not think every about, black manager. I got some really nice managers, but I tell you one thing: what you just said, we all know of some of them. I, we got to wrap up, y'all. I mean, literally, got to wrap up. It's just gonna hang up on us. So listen, Purcell, that's a good way to end it. You're right. It's everywhere. So what do you call it? Oh, it ain't white supremacy, though. You think everything white supremacy? Okay, maybe I do. I ain't playing. It is maybe I do. Hold it's on a second. Maybe I do. Maybe I do. Maybe I do. I'm not playing. Maybe I do. Okay, what do you call it then? What do you call blacks that don't value? Where they get it from? What you name it? Anybody to change the name of my book? What do you call it? Because we don't show God whatever it is, and it's real. It's real. I mean, from skin tone, we're pressing each other on how we look, how we talk. Whatever white people say, whatever white people do, I promise you, we're doing it. Anyway, y'all, we got to wrap up. We got to wrap up. I want to thank all of y'all for coming on. Uh, Let me see how much time we got. Okay, we got like seconds, y'all. So, uh, anyway, I want to just say thanks to everybody. I got to wrap up, y'all. So, uh, stay tuned, everybody. We may, I don't think we're going to do a show on Tuesday. We may pop up and do a show tomorrow. I don't know yet, y'all, okay? But I want to thank everybody, y'all. we got to go, okay? Thank you, Ella Shure. Thank you for coming on, Brother John. All right? Y'all tell people bye, please. <laughs> All right? All Let's right. go around, around. Brother Purcell, thank you for coming on, brother. Thank you, my brother. All right, God bless you. I appreciate the five smooth stones. Follow us. Follow us. Yes, yes, yes. All right. Good night, everybody. We'll see you on uh, possibly Thursday. Just stay tuned. We don't really know yet, but I think we're going to have a show on Tuesday, But uh, I mean on Thursday, but not Tuesday. Good night.